two Wisco dice. Welcome to Wisco dice. Holy cow, uh, that's twice in a row. Crazy. <laughs> this guy is insane. Hey, folks. It's your host. The phone's your most. I am here and joined in, in Dugansdale Studios by the one, the only, the stark raving mad one himself. He is back for this episode. Holy How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. So, what have you been up to lately? Ah, uh, school. School? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have actually gotten a fair amount of hobby in it. I guess we played some games here the other day. It's, I guess that was technically last weekend, but now it's Thanksgiving break weekend, which I very much look forward to. Last weekend was still after my exams, so it was really good timing to get some games in and kind of tell school to screw off for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But that was a good time. Got a couple games of bolt action in, but um, I have been slowly kind of doing some hobby. I assembled, I guess I probably haven't run cast since I assembled pretty much. It is actually all the Germans I have. They're actually for Conflict 47. Uh, the spinoff of Bolt Action we kind of talked about last game, or not last game, <laughs> last cast. Last time you were on. Anyways. Yeah, last time I was on. And I also, since version 2 came out for Bolt Action, I kind of wanted to add some more machine guns to my list. So I had gotten the Band of Brothers set for the second edition, and the Paras bits actually come with some, or the Paras come with some cool bits, so I actually upgraded Converted and made a couple LMG teams that'll go with my Rangers and another MMG team out of the Paras bits. That was a pretty cool kit. So I still have plenty of more Paras bits, of course, but I assembled a few of those and looking forward to painting them so I can get them on the table and try them out. I think the machine guns will be pretty cool in version 2, but we'll see when I get them on the table if they work for how I plan to use them. Yeah, it's definitely a reimagining of the listing when you're talking version 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like at least I don't. A know, bit. It didn't seem yeah, it didn't seem that bad at first. But now that I've played a few games or more games in version two, like some of the changes are seemingly to have some effect, and also yeah, the ability to change some lists around and stuff as I play is. Well, I think the Americans are probably happen. the least affected by second edition of of all the armies. Maybe the Japanese as well, but yeah, the Americans they're, were they're, are not terribly horrifically affected like, because they. They never took MMGs before, and not really. They maybe they're tempted now, but yeah, like they do. That's one of the special American things is they can take three MMGs, uh, which is kind of unusual. Like usually it's theater selectors that let you do that at most, but the Americans can do up to three for the same one slot all the time. So I haven't actually done it before, but now that they got a little bit better, I could see it being useful. And yeah, definitely, like you said, I didn't really. When version 2 came out, I'm like, oh, no, i got to change this in my list. Like, I didn't have a feeling like that at all. And yeah. this is just a fun tweak. Like, I don't even have to do it. I'm just, it's something I want to try since the rules changed. Yeah, so. whereas I'm looking at things from a German and Soviet look perspective, and holy cow, do my lists need to change. <laughs> but we'll talk a yeah. little bit about list changes, I think, later in this episode. So, real quick, uh, we are going to be talking about, we're, this is the show. This is the one and only show. If there are bolt-action second edition reviews out there, they're probably all better. But <laughs> but we did try to do this as a real comprehensive total review of all of the rules, and we're going to try to cover all of our notes on what is different in the rules, and we've gotten... I think I've got about a half dozen games or seven, eight, maybe maybe even closer to a dozen games now of Bolt Action 2nd Edition. 
Yeah, I'm probably close to that too. I feel like we have a pretty good comprehensive list. So yeah, we the book. definitely have gotten a, a list of changes. That is list of changes and a, and a feel for that. A feel yeah. for how those changes are starting to affect our gameplay and list building. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to kind of at the well as we, after we get done talking about all the changes to the game, we're going to go ahead and kind of just how does that maybe make us change or affect our. Um, armies of choice. So you being the Americans and me being either Germans or uh, Soviets. So kind of mm-hmm. have a, three of the five major powers as well. The important ones. I mean. Yeah, the important <laughs> ones, right? So what have I been up to? Well, I've been up to all sorts of stuff. Today, let's talk about the big one. Let's get off the bolt action kick for just a second. The big, so the big one that I got today. So as usual, I it, it's... Black Friday, and so Pegasus Games, uh, over on the west side of Madison, Wisconsin, uh, has their annual pajama day sale, which is, hey, we woke up so early, they opened up the store, we're still in our pajamas, <laughs> so if you show up in your pajamas, you get 25% off, If you even if you, if you just show up, you get 10% off, so uh, I showed up at 6am, waited in line with the other two other complete nerdy people that were in line <laughs> uh, to get in the store. Store rush! Yeah, there was like a stampede and everything of, of nerds, uh, all three of us. And uh, we we just barely outnumbered store employees at 6. But by like 6.15, that store was packed. Oh, really? yeah. Like, holy cow. And like, apparently Dustin, who was here, uh, which we'll I'll talk about in a second, was there at like uh, 9.30 or so and you're... Yeah, about nine thirty or so, and he had a real hard time even getting checked out. It was oh, that really? busy, wow. so apparently twenty five percent off of gaming stuff, and like that was like by six fifteen, the store had three people that I knew that I I knew were <laughs> shopping for GW stuff. So apparently twenty five percent off on GW uh, without having to pay shipping it. is. Uh, uh, a big deal. Uh, I would imagine that every GW player should have hit Pegasus yeah. this morning in town. But uh, they did have a copy of the brand new Blood Bowl. That's where the story was going. So the <laughs> brand new. And I, get, I did actually get a game with Kenny Lull from Combat Phase. And when he and he had a, an early copy that he was provided from somewhere I don't know where. But anyways, I got to play with the base game, the base models, the base rules... I gotta say, for the most part, I really liked it. I put up a review on the Wisco Dice website. WiscoDice.com. Yeah, WiscoDice.com. So if you want to know a little bit more about the pluses and the negatives about this new version of Blood Bowl, it's still very preliminary. I've only got one game. I've got a copy of the box. I've looked at the models. But it's definitely, at least you can have my opinion about whether you want to pick up the new copy of Blood Bowl, especially if you've been a player for a long time, or if this is maybe something for a new product that you might want to look at. So the other thing that I've recently got done, or recently didn't, as in I did today, <laughs> was, well, in the last couple of days, I've so my, my Kickstarter for Drop Fleet Commander from Hawk War Games uh, finally came in. And I backed it at the captain level, so I got like two two-player starter sets with double rule books and it's kind of nice to be able to hey i've got everything and if i really want if i really find somebody that's really interested in it i can loan them a rule book or something like that so they can check it out or for like today's game that i got to actually play with basically the starter set stuff we both had a copy of the rules so we could Hmm. have it as a reference on top of all the great quick reference rule stuff and for the most part almost the entire game fits on basically with your army stats for the quick start 
on four pages of rules. There's a few things we had to flip back and forth the rule book for to look up exactly how it worked or whatnot. But for the most part, it was four pages of rules, which is surprisingly like another game. But unfortunately, this is the, the <laughs> starter set. There's a lot more rules to this one than just four pages, and you couldn't do it on just four pages. That was a lot of fun. So Dustin, who's been on the show before, came over and played me with a, the demo set for Drop Fleet Commander. He played the Scourge, and I played the UCM, and I took a bunch of pictures. And I'm going to write up a, a little review or a battle report of the game and, and kind of first thoughts about what I thought. But i got to say that I had a really good time playing the game. <laughs> Uh, it had elements of Drop Zone Commander, which I like a lot, and it had elements of Battlefleet Gothic, which I also like a lot. And the ships were pretty, and and the fact that you had like this multi-tiered, uh, different layers of of battle as things went up and down from orbital layers, and then you had your drop and infantry and tanks onto the field, and they're they're on onto like these cities and trying to take control of cities and all of these other things that were coming kind of coming together and and playing out. So there was a lot of different ways. The the one thing I thought is that for a demo game, the scoring really got a hand, out of hand and went lopsided and one sided very fast. And I I think that's partially because. As a demo game, one of the, the big thing is you have to be able to drop like drop ships and drop and get your infantry and and tanks on objectives. And very early in the game, I had knocked out one of Dustin's drop ships, who was down only being able to have one ship to drop with, and he couldn't. He just in the in the demo game, you just don't have a good tool once uh, once uh, ships get an atmosphere for really knocking them out knocking one out so you just you have to hope you can chuck a lot of dice and the scourge are not terribly great at chucking lots of dice at least not the demo box ones at a target that's in atmo so that really I, that kind of put them behind the the curveball a little bit and the score did get really lopsided i think it was 16 to 3 at the end Yikes. so but like stuff was dead everywhere like i lost like the scourge just ripped my cruisers right apart <laughs> like they just didn't it wasn't even I, I thought I was going to get, like, the first good cruiser smashing, and it was completely opposite. Like, I whiffed some dice rolls bad, and then the next <laughs> thing I knew, like, his heavy cruiser just ripped me apart. <laughs> and then it was just like, okay, there went one cruiser. Whoop, there went another cruiser. I'm like, oh, all I got left is my Moscow. Cruise this thing a little around, and I, the Moscow is, like, the heaviest hitting cruiser for the UZM that comes in the demo, so... Uh, I was fortunate with that, and it kind of helped clean up a couple of cruisers nearly before it got knocked out too. But yeah, I was sitting on the. I had two little bitty frigates um, that were able to capable of deploying dropships, and he had his one heavy cruiser left at the end of the game. So it was a very deadly, very brutal game, like a lot of fun. Um, there are definitely uh, some things that we liked and things we didn't like. In January, Dustin's going to be gone all the month of December, so in January when he gets back, we'll probably play some more, and hopefully I can find some other people that want to play some Drop Zone with me uh, while Dustin's away. Hmm. So that was fun. And then finally, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the previous episode or not, but my Conan Kickstarter showed up. So Conan from Mythic, uh, Mythic Games. Uh, big Kickstarter, like 200-plus miniatures. I started painting up guys. If you followed us on the Facebook group or or uh, follow me on Twitter, you've already seen pictures of some of the stuff I've painted. Uh, more of it's getting painted. I'm running December 10th. Uh, there's a hobby day or a gaming day. Oh, it's not open. It's a special charity gaming day at Pegasus Games uh, where you basically can come in and there's all sorts of TOs that are running games and stuff and you come in for charity. I think there's a fee or something like that, but it's pretty nominal. And you like you run around all these tables and do demos at games and stuff. 
and I'll be running Conan for that. So I've got the the. The, you, if you know anything about the game, there's this pick scenario. I'm going to try to have everything painted for it, and I'll set it up and, and be able to run people through. So please come by December 10th and check out uh, that that particular event for charity at Pegasus Games. And while you're there, uh, stop by, say hi, and try to get a demo of the Conan game. It's really It looks really cool, and it's got a cool game mechanic for resource management and, and stolen dice rolling and stuff like that, which is fun. Okay, that was a lot of talking, right? <laughs> All the recap. All the recap. Well, there's a lot, there's probably a lot more. I mean, we could go into Gamehole Con, which happened, and we could go into, I'm sure there was some other gaming that happened and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Specifics. But uh, let's go ahead. There's a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of rules changes in Bolt Action 2nd second edition, second edition that we wanted to go ahead and kind of inclusively talk about. So let me first find my tab of stuff. And then let's go ahead and just start right away. Let's start kind of just follow the book from the beginning and go to the end. So the first thing that's in the book that kind of shows up is, and this is one that I've heard about on a couple of other podcasts, but that's the infantry at full strength being able to re-roll those order checks. Mm-hmm. If they have pins on them and stuff, which is kind of nice. Particularly, it actually came in play into play for me. Oh, really? Because I had the inexperienced oh, squad yeah. that had pins from from uh, bombardment, even preparatory bombardment. Uh, so you know, before the game starts, you know, you deploy your guys, and uh, preparatory bombardment happened. They took two pins out of that and failed the order check. Re- free reroll. Boom, got it. Making a six is not an easy roll on two dice. Didn't even take a commissar to do it. Nope. <laughs> um, kind of makes actually taking a commissar less, less appealing worth, yeah. now. Although as like that only works so long as they are at full strength. Like as soon as yeah. you were to lose one guy, it wouldn't work anymore. Yeah, but it would also kind of stinks like because the commissar because the, they're at full strength, the commissar rule still kicks in. Yeah, you don't get it the free reroll. You're still going to shoot one, <laughs> and then you get your reroll. So. Yeah. You know, it's a catch twenty two there. Yeah, it probably it does definitely probably make you think to take a commissar with that rule, so they're still a cheap order dice, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh so the next next rules we kinda get into are all order related. So the orders for uh the basic order of uh Run has not changed at all. Nope. Nor has the advanced order. Uh, there are certain things that there are some things that got tweaked. Uh, that we'll talk about special teams and things like that. So one one particular rule that gets tweaked because of, and, and and that affects the advanced order. Mm-hmm. But let's cover that when we yeah. get to those different types of weapons. The one of the big ones is the rally order. So Brian, what changed with the rally order? Uh, well, the rally order. I mean, it is just kind of what it sounds like. Obviously, you're. I guess they put it as like your men are kind of whatever taking cover a little bit, passing ammo around, kind of regrouping to shake some of those pins off. So um, previously, you still had to make an order check with your pin modifier, and then you could take uh, while well, you always get one off, one pin off for passing order check. Then it was an additional D six still in version one, but now it has changed the. You still make an order check, but it is just at your like unmodified. It's not modified due to pins, so it's just a straight up check. And then you still remove D six pins plus that one for passing the check. Yeah, that's that's big, and that I actually did come into my game a couple of times where it's like, oh hey, I've got like three pins on a squad. 
nothing I critical I want to do this turn. Let's take a rally, shuck as many of these pins as I can, and then be able to be fully functional when I need it. Mm-hmm. So then we've got um, the down order. So on the down order, what this this is huge. Like this is probably the biggest change on a single order with the most implement. There's two I've seen the most effect from yeah. it. I feel like so the first the first one first thing with down is that you get the negative two modifier to being shot at mm-hmm. while you're down. That used to be a negative one ballistic skill, or I guess it's not ballistic <laughs> skill, but you know, just to hit, yeah, just to, minus, to hit minus roll. one to hit modifier, yeah, minus one to hit modifier, which that was good, but it wasn't like to the point like like you're out in the open now and you just go like somebody's gonna shoot at you, you're like okay, well I'll just go down, like that's huge, mm-hmm. like the number of sh- hits that or the number of times I go, hey, well somebody moved with rifles. They're shooting at you at just over 12. You're in the open. You go down. All of a sudden now, instead of them hitting you on sixes and almost for certain getting a pin on you, they're hitting you on sixes and sixes. That's huge. Yeah, it makes a lot of rolls turn into sixes and sixes real quick. And mm-hmm. like in the past, very rarely would I even consider going down as a reaction. But like now I do it, Like I actually think about it, and I, I've done it way more in just the last few games I've done yeah. than I have like ever in the past. Like it's like I never thought it was really worthwhile before. It usually never changed the role that much, but especially if you can make it into sixes and sixes, that's like that's very huge. hard to hit. So your guys are probably going to be okay. So that's been a I've really liked that change. Like it makes it seem like it's actually doing something. Where it, before it made it seem like your guys weren't doing anything. They weren't really gaining that much of like. Um, much of a benefit either but now it really seems like a really good defensive choice yeah. and i've liked it a lot and, and for those of you guys we, we mentioned this rolling sixes and sixes for you guys that aren't really super familiar with bolt action uh in bolt action uh when you need a seven plus to hit uh because the negative modifiers affect your dice roll to hit to, to that point instead of rolling a six and or not being able to hit at all uh if you roll a six it doesn't an auto hit you have to go ahead and pick up every six or every six that you would succeed at and roll. You're gonna pick those up and roll a second six. And if you roll a second mm-hmm. six, then your hit scores. It doesn't matter if you need a seven plus, eight plus, nine plus, ten plus. It's yeah. still a six followed by another six. Yeah, anything more than six goes that like knee impossible shot or something like the that. Exceptional, yeah, like, exceptional yeah. shot or something like that. Yeah. The other thing with down that was big, Brian. This one's not as big, but it's still big, it's right? It's Still a benefit. Yeah. I believe you're talking about the removing D3 pins. If yeah. You stay. I, this also has like the same effect in my mind. I don't think I've actually benefited from it in any of my games yet. Maybe I've kind of forgotten about it, honestly. But it's kind of the same thing as far as going down to reaction. Like It actually would make you think about it, I feel like, a little more. Um, removing D3 is a lot more than just one if you leave that down order dice. Like It seems a lot more beneficial, like... If they have, say, like five pins on them, are you going to leave them down for like two or three turns just to maybe hope they get to roll again? Like, I don't know. I don't see that ever working out really. So being that if you leave them down, you can take D3 off. Maybe they're going to do something the next turn already. So Yeah, so in my game against Aaron, this did actually come into play. So Aaron from uh, the Northern Front podcast, which is a bolt action and an historical podcast here in Wisconsin, uh, they... He he played me with his Japanese, and I had my veteran uh, unit of infantry with rifles out kind of in the open. And I, 
it was a mistake to do it at the time, looking back at the game strategy, but I, I moved him out there, and then he was able to bring like three, four squads and a howitzer to bear on him. <laughs> and then, while they weren't dying, I I went down with them, uh-huh. and they started taking, like, the, by the time they were done, like, I went down early because there was a howitzer or something that shot at me. Sure. And I'm in the open. So the, the howitzer hits and a bunch of other stuff hits, but I didn't die a lot because I'm veteran, so it's hard to kill me. And then they, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the modifiers are getting sixes and sixes, so there weren't a lot of hits. So I wasn't dying. But all of a sudden, I saw myself with like four or five pins at the end of the turn. I'm like, well, I can stay out in the open and stay down. I'm going to shuck off D3 of those pins mm-hmm. because the rate he's putting pins on me, if I don't shuck some pins, I'm going to I'm going to get pinned out of the game and lose this huge squad that's worth a lot of points. Or I, you know, I keep him down, just like you said. You know, now I continue to keep it harder for them to hit me, and hopefully, if hopefully he will decide not to shoot at me and shoot at other targets, and the following turn or so, I'll be able to, you know, activate them and, and feel feel better. As it turns out, I ended up keeping them down for like two or three turns hmm. um, because I couldn't get other, I couldn't bring enough other targets to bear that would shut make Defend him choose him other, yeah. you know, to help. But it. It, did, it definitely kept them around and kept them in it because mm-hmm. he did keep enough fire onto that squad that that I pretty much every turn had like five or six pins before I decided to keep the down order on him. So the other order that really changed uh, is the ambush order. Mm-hmm. So Brian, what can you tell us about the ambush order? Uh, the ambush order, uh, that kind of more or less like your guys are at the ready to shoot something that they see. <laughs> so... I mean, it's a reactionary order, so you can, in the past, you could react to somebody specifically advancing or running that was in their line of sight. You could say, I want to, like, activate my ambush. You change that ambush to a fire order. They get to take their shots. You get to call the shot when you want to shoot at your opponent when they move. It kind of had its downfall, like, in the previous edition. You couldn't shoot at um, things that were... I can't think of the... Well, recce, from the recce rule, you can't shoot at things that were running away from that. You couldn't shoot at, like... Uh, I don't remember the big one. I'm stumbling over this really bad. <laughs> but well, you I couldn't guess the big, shoot at recce. Yeah, you, you couldn't, couldn't shoot, shoot at recce at, like, was a big thing. If somebody overran something from combat, you couldn't shoot them. Yeah. Shoot them. Now it's changed. You can now shoot it's it. just blanketed. Anything that moves, you could pull your shot at them with ambush. And it does also, I don't know if you want to lump it in now, but uh, the other change with ambush, if they are still left in ambush at the end of the turn, you actually get a chance on a four or better, you can turn that into a fire order. So before, if something never came up for you to shoot at, you would just kind of lose out on your ambush order. And you could still leave it for the next turn, but being able to guarantee that, well, almost guarantee on a four or better that you'll still get to shoot at something if they have a target, even if something didn't move, like also makes it, for sure something's probably going to happen. So, yeah, definitely. I think Recky becomes more viable. I'm not sure, or I've seen a Recky, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Ambush has become more viable. more viable, particularly as an answer to Recky. Yeah. Uh, not that I think Recky is that good anymore. But it we'll get to, to that shortly. Ridiculously, yeah. <laughs> I th- uh, it would have been interesting to see this change with the old Recky rules. I guess like playing the boltaction.net rules or something I think allowed you to do that. I don't yeah. remember. We didn't play a ton of those games, but it, 
it definitely makes the ambush order more viable, mm-hmm. and I do find I still find myself actually taking this order a little more often than I used to. I think I forget about it a lot, honestly. Um, I found I found taking it like early on my sniper last game was really good. Like it That's, really hampered his yeah. ability to do stuff. I have done that. I think in some of our games before. Lately, my sniper keeps dying. <laughs> well, <laughs> instantly, <laughs> you can't help it that you can't help it that he has a giant blaze orange jacket on. Yeah. So that so then we get you know as you're taking order checks, the other thing that's kind of adjusted is that now you have the incredible courage rule, which is mm-hmm. basically when you roll snake eyes on any order check, you automatically pull d six plus one pins off of a squad. It's kind of like a nice added bonus, just some extra flavor. It's almost a free rally every time you roll Snake Eyes. That's exactly what it, and you still get to do something. But yeah, which is nice. But I I don't know if that was necessary. I don't like. I really don't see it as being necessary. It's nice when it happens for you, obviously, if you rolled that. But at the same time, like I'm not really sure what the reason for changing it was. And I've had, I've had, and I think even even you did this against me. I did it against you, you, where you had like you chose an advance order and you had like two or three pins on a squad. Roll snake eyes. So now instead of being like me feeling is from a tactics perspective, Mm -hmm. like okay, he's got two or three pins on him. Even if he activates and shoots, I'm going to be in okay position. So let me move out in the open. And then all of a sudden you roll snake eyes, and now. You're, You're hitting much me more on threes. Yeah. Like that was I, I don't know if I like that. That was a sour much. moment for you. <laughs> it was. That was in a game that wasn't going probably well either. But it was mm. it was more like I just don't know that that was necessary. Yeah, I don't really yeah, I don't really see the reason for it. I mean it's fun and interesting, but I don't see yeah. any like gameplay essential reason that it needed to be changed, I guess. Exactly. So uh, one of the things that I think are a big plus, though, for the new book is the terrain rules. Holy cow, are they better? Yeah, they're just way more comprehensive. I mean, they've they've added rules. So one of the things I remember hearing Alessio talk about this a little bit was that he's like, yeah, in my games where I was when I wrote the original rules, we had this we had elaborate tables with amazing terrain and true line of sight just works in that kind of setup. Mm-hmm. When you have forests that have clump foliage on the base of the forests and you have hedgerows <laughs> and all these other things that are perfectly modeled unfortunately i don't know about you brian but my it's, terrain collection while it's still my terrain collection which is way vast, larger very vast, vast <laughs> more much more vast well very fantasy oriented yeah, too true. but much larger than the average person's terrain mm-hmm. collection uh, or the even I probably have more train than any game store here in town uh, <laughs> is not by any means massively. I mean I don't I can't account for everything right and I don't have no. I don't have all the hedgerows I don't have particularly since my think, trains all or, it, it, there are things where like oh hey having a forest well I mean everybody that I know of plays with a forest they just put a, a piece of card or like or something on, something yeah. that marked the area and then some it's trees true. that you can pick up and move out of the way when your hand. I don't know about. I've got giant hands. They they're bulky. <laughs> they they knock things over. So being able to pick up the trees, putting them off to the side, whatever as I'm moving stuff through, just makes sense. And and so, I don't know how you'd ever move minis through like a 
really detailed model for us. Like, yeah, it's hard enough with the stands unless you move them to, <laughs> out of the way to move your minis in there. So. so, so adding a rule like dense just helps cover that. It gives, it keeps the it now. Now you can't see through a piece of dense terrain, mm-hmm. but if you're in a piece of dense terrain, you can see out of it. You can use that rule for forests. You can use that rule for ruins. Mm-hmm. You can use that rule for a couple of different things that help help things out they also added their the rough rule which was there before um just kind of more clarified and then they did a really good job there was a table in the book where it's literally like here's kind of what we recommend for ruins here's what we recommend for forests here's the way we recommend for these and so if you can kind of like okay well my terrain is like this boom i've already know what it should be i don't have to like i mean you still want to talk to your opponent but i don't have to be we have a basis for for the sharing that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, cover has been clarified as well when it comes to terrain. So they really went into a lot more detail about when you get cover, how you get to cover count that cover bonus. Uh, definitely clarifying like how many, uh, what's the percentage of the unit, mm-hmm. those kind of things that I think really help streamline how models interact with terrain. It's just way more clear and detailed for sure. So let's let's go ahead and talk about weapons, the weapons table in particular, um, and, and the weapons special rules because there's quite a few changes here. Yeah, there was quite a few. So first one, your LMGs really and and, and, and MMGs, and MMGs yeah. uh, get some big changes, right? Yep, we they both saw uh, increase by one to like one more shot per gun. <laughs> stumbling over that too but i feel like that is i mean uh a big change like it's only it seems like so little but uh points wise it seemed like mmgs and especially lmgs never really seemed too worthwhile and like based on the actual kind of history war wise like i feel like i never saw that impact of the machine gun on the field until this change in version two, especially when you're facing Germans, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> become much more scary. Like, just the effect wasn't there, and then definitely the points. If you looked at throwing an LMG in a squad, like the points didn't really make sense. Like, you could get just as many shots and more wounds by having more guys than the LMG offered. Yeah, so it was just, it, it, yeah, it just didn't really make much sense. Yeah, the the those weapons, particularly in the German list, but in <laughs> all of the lists. Really, I mean, you're talking about actually adding yeah, LMGs like, to your army and, and <laughs> yeah. putting in more MMGs. We, you know, at the start of the show, so it's definitely something you'll see more of those kind of iconic guns. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they were there for was to help keep things suppressed, keep things down, add additional hits, those kind of things. Um, you know, if you were out in the open and you got mm-hmm. you you, t- you were going to get mowed down by a machine gun. And the, the big thing, the biggest thing I've noticed about LMGs, and it doesn't matter if I played my Soviets or my Germans. Uh, is the fact that they're now up to 36 inch range? Yeah, that's like a big that is ridiculously too. good because now all of a sudden that 18 inches is a long range. Mm-hmm. You you're oftentimes hitting on short while your rifles are hitting at long in that same <laughs> squad, and that difference in that minus one. Okay, my that unit's out in the open, and they're they decided to go down against me. Well, all of a sudden the rest of my squad would be hitting them on sixes. Well, that LMG's hitting on five, and it's throwing a pilot. It's throwing four dice. Five if you're German, that's enough that you're almost guaranteed just by that weapon alone, you're going to get a pin. Mm-hmm. Almost. I mean, dice are dice, right? Yeah, that extra range could help out too. Like 
maybe you don't have to move up and then you're also not getting the minus one to moving mine the minus one to hit modifier from moving with that extra range too yeah so so you have that then uh, a couple of other big changes in that list the assault rifle Womp, Which, womp, womp. yeah, it is between <laughs> Sad this for the Germans. and I think this is a good time to bring up the assault rule as well because this modifies yeah, SMGs and it does. So uh, start with the assault rifle is down in range. It went from 24 to 18 inch range for the same amount of points, yep. uh, which is, I think, when you compare it to a tool like the uh, LMG, which is a squad-based weapon, which costs you basically... Mm-hmm. Two guys in the squad plus twenty points uh, of an upgrade for one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You're like you're looking at dropping in a regular squad. You're dropping like forty points in, just to put this one gun in. Whereas before, oh, well, five points for an assault rifle on on a regular. That's fifteen points a guy. You're like ding ding ding. Math says <laughs> I put I can have almost three guys with assault rifles and chuck out six shots versus. Four sh- versus the four shots I get from the LMG, and I'd have extra wounds and stuff. Like, right, the math just worked out. Yeah. But now, in the range difference between 30 and 24 wasn't that big a deal. But the difference between 36 and 18 is huge. <laughs> the difference, yeah, they get two shots, and yes, they can move and fire, so they are definitely a more aggressive offensive unit uh, or weapon, whereas the LMG is a defensive weapon. Mm-hmm. It's it's now comparable. Like there's a real reason to take both, and and they fit a very unique role versus one basically making it so that you never wanted to take the other. Yeah. Uh, and then you couple that with the change to assault. Brian, what's the change to assault? <laughs> Let's see if I can talk clearly this time. Uh, the change to assault. Uh, it used to get you two hits in combat like each model was worth one attack in combat before in close quarters fighting um and then that would give you an extra one and then a lot of models even had the tough fighter role which would even give you another one but i guess this is looped into the tough fighter change a little bit too so the assault rule only grants you tough fighter and now tough fighter changed to getting you if you wound on your first roll you would get on one more roll from that if you scored a wounding roll yeah and that's it yeah so it's <laughs> it's definitely a lot like i i definitely feel like the day of like squads kitted out to go in and assault things mm-hmm. and then you would have this assault and that squad that was doing the assault was just chucking so much dice that you just basically evaporated your squad or you had such such a little bit of being able to swing back mm-hmm. uh was done like that's definitely going away right there's smg assault squads those assault rifle assault squads like even the gurkhas like squads like gurkhas and polish lancers yeah even tough fighter isn't even as good well i think tough fighter is actually probably eh, it's not quite as good but it's actually in ways better so i i it's kind of here or there but i think uh the thing I think that really makes close combat. It changes close combat so dramatically. Before, before it was such a decisive, and you pretty much could look at the battlefield and go, "Okay, I know that squad of Gurkhas. It's like six guys. If they activate, are going to, they're going to come in and they're going to have whatever three attacks per model or something crazy like that, and just decimate this." Same with even squad. just an SMG squad. Yeah, was or the, yeah, my essentially that same way. My German pioneers with five SMGs, like. I don't see wanting to take that squad. Like, okay, they're vets with SMGs. Yeah. They're, they go in, they have tough fighter, okay? 
It's really <laughs> dicey when you're throwing six guys worth of attacks. Well, I'm only going to get six attacks. Let's say I'm going in against other vets. I'm only going to get two hits on average. That's rough. And then I'm going to re-roll that other one, so I'm getting like 2.3 hits or something like that. That's mm-hmm. that's risky. That's really risky. Whereas before you were going in with uh, going in with that same number of guys, death. six guys with <laughs> with two attacks each. Yeah, it's 12 attacks hitting on fives. That's it probably works out to be about the same, but. Eh. I don't, at least the results I've seen on the table <laughs> yeah. seem to show that it's definitely not as easy to wipe something out when you're well, kitted it, like that. I guess it would be you're guaranteed three guys, so the odds would be if you go with twelve, you're getting a, you're getting what one? You know, no, you get two, right? Because it's one and no, you get four. <laughs> you get four, right? Because it's one. You get a. Uh, you're gonna get one third of those in kills, so you get four. With with twelve attacks, whereas oh, yeah. now you're about two point three with a six man squad with assault rifle or with uh, assault rifles or uh, or SMGs. SMGs, yeah. So that that's huge. Definitely definitely makes combat, particularly with small, well armored squad, well armed squads, kinda, more risky. Like, do you like this change? Like, I feel like I like it. Like, it did really seem like combat was very heavy handed, as you kind of said it a minute ago. Yeah, bolt action should and not be a close combat. This kind of yeah brought it back to like shooting, and even like in the last few games I've played, like it seemed to work out a lot better just point blank shooting somebody rather than. Mm-hmm. going into close quarters fighting and i actually learned that the hard way against uh i was playing robert's japanese the other day my rangers i had them with a couple smgs in there and like four other guys or whatever so that was like eight attacks or something going in they would usually make pretty good work or something but they don't really do that anymore with the new smg no, rule six, just what, losing those six guys those six dice attacks, rolls. Right? like it's... i think i killed one guy or something with them when i was usually good to like take out four or something like that oh yeah so that was a big change i'm glad like I feel like it pulled it away from the close combat effectiveness, which is a welcome change in my mind. And also the assault rifle range. I felt like assault rifles kind of... I mean, it was nice that they helped out the German lists that kind of struggled, but I don't think they were ever that plentiful and effective, actually, historically. I mean, well, they were probably good, but they were really you never good, really saw that many. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Germans chose not to deploy them. The Germans were the only army that had them. Yep. They did. The Germans didn't think that they were going to be as big a deal as they were. Clearly, world history has shown us that the assault <laughs> rifle is by far the dominant weapon on the military battlefield right now. But yeah, it, it was. I thought it, it was a little was. too much on the bolt action table. Yeah, I, I think I think it was especially with Germans being the ones who would be loading them out all the time. Yeah, they, they definitely the game feels more historically accurate right now. Even if I think the assault rifle that the Germans had was mm-hmm. probably should be rated a little bit better. But the the adjustment was a rules adjustment to make it without having to rewrite the points values for things in the books. Yep. Yeah, I guess a points change could have done it. Now, but... that being said, Germans were the only army in the game that had access to an assault rifle, and they're the first army book that came out. So if you were going to adjust anything in points, you think you could justify keeping an assault rifle yeah, maybe that 24 been inches and then, and then adjusting it up to like say 10 points or something like that to make it in line with it with an lmg right mm-hmm. uh so either way i don't i can't complain with the way they handle it they made a good games rule decision there you definitely need to make an active decision whether you're going to take assault rifles or an lmg what about flamethrowers what were there any changes with those sure thing um 
I guess generally they just have to roll to hit now. And I guess they also, you always had to roll to run, see if they ran out of gas after you fired them. It, that's changed down to only on a one you run out of gas. On infantry ones, right? On infantry, yeah. Um, but I guess rolling to hit, they do not suffer like cover and down, down they don't modifiers. suffer from cover down if you're in a bunker they don't you don't get your there's no your extra bonus protection, protection for either for being too. in those we'll talk about that rule in a second uh you um you have a uh a lot more i think they're they're a lot more of a gamble now they're still it's really good when a, they work it's not such a sure thing yeah like, it's not automatic yeah it was pretty much automatic if you had a flamethrower in range it was going to wipe out something so yeah. now there's at least some like you know gameplay risk or yeah. chance there involved which in my mind is kind of welcome like they were s- kind of silly affected for it before like i'm sure they are like i don't want to be on fire so i could see they're effective on the real battlefield too but it was pretty much just like an auto delete something in the past so now it's cool that there's a little more a chance in there in my mind yeah, I think the flamethrower act worked a little more historically accurate before, but it was yeah. it it's definitely still, wasn't gameplay. If you hit something, it's still messing something up pretty good. But there was there was one of two things they had to either adjust the rules to make it more gameplay efficient, or they were going to have to go back and adjust the point change chaos in all the in all of the books. And since they didn't want to change the books, at least not force people to have to buy mm-hmm. new books, they adjusted yeah. the rules. And I think again, that's a, a good where rules now fit yeah. uh, about the equivalent points cost because yes it can it, it, it can be a big go big and go home or it, right now it's more of a go big or go home weapon uh, because you, you when you when you go 100% all in on it you, it may just oh whoops I rolled a one I missed <laughs> so I missed a lot you, you have you have that and then you have um, we did talk we already mentioned just briefly there the extra protection rule which is mm-hmm. different than what it was before so extra protection before was basically you automatically had needed sixes to be able to get killed correct that's changed right yes it has um, now I guess we can pair we can throw gun shield in here too since they both work the same way now but now it's only an added like plus one to your damage score I guess or something I don't really know the right it's vocabulary for it but yeah. like if you're a regular you needed like a four plus to die or kill them or whatever but now you need a five plus yeah and it's scaled like that so vet you needed a five now you need a six so it's just you get one more damage level i guess essentially yeah yeah exactly and that's uh that's ties in whether you're in a building now or whether you're behind a gun mm-hmm. shield that extra prote- anytime extra protection basically kicks in it's only plus one to your protection so you're not nearly i mean it's you're not just oh hey I'm automatically better than veteran but I'm only inexperienced <laughs> like no that's not a thing anymore so yeah. uh, there's that and then you you couple you, you couple that now with because most guns we talk about guns they have a they they all have the rule fixed mm-hmm. uh, and so that basically meant that the gun has a 90 degree arc that it can shoot off the front of the gun and that's it and you can't move if you move the gun at all you can't shoot Yep, that's changed. The ninety degree arc thing is still there, but now on the advance order, and this we mentioned, there's a, a change to the advance order earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. If you advance with a gun and just pivot it on spot, you can still shoot that gun at a minus one penalty. Thus, kicking back to the MMGs, <laughs> which are in particular a huge beneficiary of this rule, as well yeah. as 
the other big beneficiary that we never used to see on the bolt action table <laughs> before the big AT or any of the AT guns. AT guns. It's even better for howitzers too. Boy. Yeah, well, the howitzers were on the table like ridiculously, yeah, but uh, ridiculously before. But now the AT gun really starts coming to shine because mm-hmm. now there's no longer there's nothing more frustrating than taking that hundred and some odd point pack forty versus <laughs> somebody would have like a hundred uh, an eighty point Rocky vehicle and they would just oh hey well your ninety degree fixed arcs there so I'll just drive forward closer at you and come around your side <laughs> where you can't see me now haha you can't shoot yeah. No, there's no more of that. Like that's there's a change to Rocky that also prevents that, but there's no more of that, <laughs> of that kind of thing where oh hey, well I'll just drive out of your arc. You drove out of my arc. Well, when I choose to target you, I will take an advance order, pivot. I'm at a minus one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a minus one to hit. So yeah, you do modify a little bit for doing that, but yeah, I still get to shoot. And when you start chucking these machine guns and stuff like that, you get a lot of dice. Now note. If you're firing indirect weapons, you do not yeah, get to, not able you to don't, do that. You don't get to pivot, and that makes sense. Like I'm homing in on something I can't see. Probably, probably shouldn't be able to pivot and just fire at it blindly. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I still like in my mind, I questioned like how easy it would be to turn this gun real quick over here and line up a shot on something. Some for, of them, like, like an MMG, that sounds perfectly great for me. But I mean, some of the larger guns, like. All these dudes, it would take like all three or four guys to probably turn this gun and point it whatever direction. And then they still have to load it and fire it. And like, I don't know. I still question it that like gameplay wise, I can see it. Well, I see of, it being a good change for gameplay. Some of but. the some of the bigger AT guns, like or, or howitzers, even had like a, I've got a I can't even remember the name of it, but they have this giant heavy howitzer for mm-hmm. the Soviets downstairs. I haven't put it together, but it's actually on its own powered wheeled tracks. Oh, so okay. it, that was how they repositioned yeah. it. Was it literally? It has its own little tank tracks, so its own little <laughs> engine. It would just literally, uh, you know, that would allow them to be able to turn it and, and move it without having to and help load it so that sure. they could transport it. Um, then, uh, so now we're talking about big guns. Yeah. So let's talk about um, high explosives. Um, I also wanted to hit with like the gun shield thing. I just wanted to point out that. Um, with the how um god i can't talk today the author uh, um, uh. <laughs> talk. yeah how the extra protection be. rule works um it actually gives you a reason to want to make a gun veteran like i yeah. feel like that was kind of a good change yeah besides just the command value that yeah was all you were command value was a little bit but now Especially it, with Gun Shield, you were like, why would I ever take that? So yeah. just take regs because I want the reg 9 if, just in case I get a pin on it. But right, yeah. Like, that seems a lot more appealing to me for some reason as far as how it works. Yeah, definitely. Gives you that better better reason to take that protected or yeah. to take that adi- additional veteran. But yeah, getting into HE, like, if you've heard any of the bolt action changes, you've probably heard about this one a little bit because it seems the yeah. highest in contention. Oh, we, nobody wanted to see templates come to bolt action. That's generally what I've gotten the feeling from I guess looking so. at forums. Like, I mean, I'm so used to templates from playing fantasy, among other things, for so long. Like, I it didn't really phase me at all. So I don't know what the huge aversion to it is. It is like. I guess I see it being more clunky to do on the table, but as far as its effect it's had on bolt action, like I kind of welcome it. Like I've liked the results of what we've seen here. So. Uh, I, I, for the most part, I also like the the what it's done. There's a couple of things I think when I've watched 
people position and I particularly the last this last uh weekend yeah. when I was watching the positioning of models and units that were potentially going to get shot at with HE like we were seeing some very interesting formations of models <laughs> what were you like, seeing like weird squarish box type formations oh, yeah. and and circles I think at one point I had a I had my guys in a full a proper <laughs> circle on the board Doing like um, some marching band, yeah, stuff. just just to try to minimize the potential hits that HE mm-hmm. could do, uh, particularly yeah, particularly a certain tiger of German, uh, the Germans <laughs> of Roberts, uh, that that was running around the board just blasting things with huge HE. But um, yeah, the the templates are pretty simple, particularly on the howitzers. The howitzers and the mortars are in HE is really simple. Or I should say, HE is very simple to remember what the penetration value is. So if you have a one-inch template, it's plus, plus one, one pen. Yeah. Two-inch template, is plus two pen. That, that part, okay. As soon as I figured out, oh, hey, the size of the template is my penetration, like, oh, well, that's intuitive. It's very mm-hmm. easy to remember, keeping it within bolt action. Yes, it makes for a little bit of screwy maneuvering. People are doing some things that are probably a little gamey on the maneuvering side to try to minimize it. Yeah, I get it. But uh, for the most part, not bad. No, I, I I don't mind the templates. And then you change that to well, how does this affect um, the American and British HE for those particularly like the Shermans because they they had better HE shells, so they just get plus one. Their medium AT guns just get the plus mm-hmm. one H or plus one inch on their HE rather than so a medium AT gun only gets a I think it's one inch HE. So now it's a two inch HE. Yeah. So, wow, we got a lot of more. We got a lot more rules. <laughs> so let's let's uh, go ahead and continue in the special weapons rules and take it back to um, how do we deal with some of those vehicles uh, and um, particularly um, with our bazookas and Panzerfausts, Panzer Shrek, Panzer Shreks. There's a big change to shape charge. Mm-hmm. And you, who used to always feel the bazooka <laughs> and thought it was the worst thing in the world, this should make you want to put your bazooka back on the board. I still had it for board. a while, but yeah, it just hasn't fit into my list lately. And, well, now that I've been playing the Sherman, like I was using, like, I'm paying almost 300 points for some anti-tank here, so I was kind of hard-pressed to bring the bazooka. But now it has lost its minus one. Like, all shape charge weapons were just minus one to hit in the past. They didn't suffer the long-range penalty, but they were always minus one to hit. And in all the times I fielded my bazooka, I think I might have hit, like, three times probably <laughs> in the past yeah. or so. Like, a lot of times you would have to move for the shot. It's, like, I don't know. It move, was pretty much... shape charge, yeah. and maybe some cover or something. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're hitting on fives or sixes, and you just miss. Now, there's no long-range penalty, because mm-hmm. that stayed. They didn't get rid of that. And no... Uh, straight up minus no one. Mi- straight up minus one. So now all of a sudden you're hitting on fours. It's still a, now it's a 50-50 shot. Like a bazooka, it's got a whatever. What is it? A bazooka is like it's a forty-eight plus, inch range or something like that. No, it's only twenty-four. Twenty-four. But it's plus six once it pens. I guess. Yeah. The shape charge still doesn't lose or still doesn't affect the uh, minus one for to penetration for long range like most other anti tank guns do yeah. as well. So it definitely got a boost. Like I really should get mine back on the table, but yeah, I've been playing my. 76 mil Sherman so it hasn't shown up lately but we'll probably see it again 
Yeah, well, I was, like, as a German player, like, Panzerfaust Panzer just Panzerfaust just got way better, like, yeah. Like, Panzerfausts were, like, you just had to take a lot of Panzerfausts in the squad, and then there was, and then you could almost always get, like, a move, mm-hmm. I'm at long range, I'm going to probably hit, I'm going to move and shape charge, I'm going to hit on fives, and, yeah, with three or four of them in a squad, I would probably get one to hit. Mm-hmm. Now, I could get away with two in a squad, Little less points on the upgrade. I've got fifty, you know, probably that Still same roll. It's a fifty-fifty, so I should hit with one. And if one Panzerfaust hits, it's likely going to knock out whatever he hits. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely like that a lot. I like that. It, yeah, it definitely feels like a bazooka might actually do something. <laughs> and then with uh, a couple of other kind of quick rules, you combine with that because you, you have squad-based team weapons that are in um, in squads. Mm-hmm. So you like your. Uh, what became very popular was taking like uh, oh hey I took my my pioneer squad from my Germans and I put a flamethrower in the squad or you took your LMGs like LMGs are going to be more popular people are mm-hmm. taking more LMGs you take them in the squad well before you just had to have any old chump could have been the NCO could have been anybody else doesn't even have to be the same one yeah. every turn it's nope, just, didn't have to be the same somebody one. has to be standing by him and not shoot <laughs> now you have a dedicated loader model yeah and that makes a big deal, and and that loader model has to be within what an inch, inch yep. of the of the weapon team. Otherwise, you just you still get to use it, but you're at a minus one to hit. So that sounds pretty cool to me. That, that definitely helps, and and it can't be the NCO. Your dedicated mm-hmm. loader cannot be the NCO model, which is <laughs> like why is the hey? There's there's three guys in the squad. The NCO. I don't know about you, but I don't. No boss that I know of is going to be like, "Why am I doing the work? You go do the work, right?" I mean, I got more important things to do, like figure out where you know what I'm going to eat for dinner or something. I don't know. Uh, make fun of bosses, I, I, but yeah, you, you get what I mean, though, right? Yep. I mean, that's just the way the way that you would roll, right? Yeah, it makes a lot more sense that you would pick a guy too rather than mm-hmm. rotating it around every yeah. turn too. So. Which which gives you a more. I think it goes into the modeler in me too now because now I want to model up those yeah. loader guys and I want to make because it's going to be easy for my opponent to see it. You know, hey, the guy's carrying mm-hmm. a big big uh, bag of shells or whatever. Like that's obvious. Like he's definitely the loader in the unit and, mm-hmm. and looks unique. Then you have spotters mm-hmm. that changed as well. Yeah, a little bit of a tweak. Not a not a lot, but a little bit of a tweak. What you use spotters a lot more than I do. So why don't you got why don't you go ahead and cover them? Uh, I mean, I've usually my howitzer has had one occasionally. I guess I noticed the biggest change is being that whatever the spotter can see is what your gun can see is kind of more how it's worded now. Before it used to have to like specifically activate the spotter was shooting, but your gun would actually fire kind of thing. So it just kind of simplified it there and makes a little more sense. The other thing is that the spotter counts is, I think they're counted, aren't they counted as down like all the time too? I don't see that we listed that in our I list here. I don't remember that or not. But I think. But they're always counting as hidden or something like that. Yeah, is what they, they always count as hidden. Yeah, they're always counting as it. hidden is what, they, what the deal is with them now. Not that I remember what hidden means exactly, but. Hidden's like an extra minus two or three or something for yeah. a cover bonus. But if you're within such like twelve inches with infantry or six yeah, inches with vehicle, you can't it. be hidden anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can't be hidden. So it definitely makes them harder to hit. Mm-hmm. They they you drawing line of sight with them. Their pins don't affect the guns pins. Like all those kind of things. It just mm-hmm. clarified spotter made it a little more make a little more sense. Made it work. Yeah, I didn't point out that like if you are ranged in on something that the spotter did have line of sight to the spotter gets killed. You can still fire at that spot if you wanted or at that target if you wanted to mm-hmm. which it 
didn't actually say you could do in the past. But yeah. if you're not ranged in, it still doesn't work. But So let's talk commanders. So there weren't any changes to the commanders, right? <laughs> like the lieutenant and the captains and the majors, they didn't get any changes, right? I think you're wrong, Ben. Oh, I am? Oh, yeah, there was a <laughs> snap sure to action roll. <laughs> you meant snap to action roll, right? Yep. So basically this rule is whenever an officer is given an order, they can choose. You don't have to. It's an option. Mm -hmm. But you can choose X number of units Based on within their... their command radius that will also get to activate. And you would, you would just man pull out the order for those dice for those units and then activate those units first mm -hmm. and then act and then finish the lieutenant activation or the or the officer activation. Uh, this is it definitely scales up so like your your uh, second lieutenant only gets one one additional activation, one squad can activate with them. Your second lieutenant or your first lieutenant can get two squads to activate with them, but only a 6-inch bubble so it's a little tight. All of a sudden now you got captains and majors, mm -hmm. they can activate three and then four respectively. All of a sudden, yeah, you, you're act oh yeah, I'm activating a major. It's going to activate four other guys. One of those guys is a, my first lieutenant. It's going to activate three other guys. And a major and a captain radius is command radius is twelve inches. So I can now I can I can bubble at almost eighteen inches and almost activate my <laughs> entire army. You know, from a table perspective, particularly if it's a smaller elite force, mm -hmm. uh, and be able to uh, go. Unfortunately, maybe I have to wait till my dice is drawn. But chances are, you're going to get within the second, third, or fourth dice in the draw. You're going to have one of your dice come up. Now mm -hmm. and just activate a whole bunch of stuff at once. I haven't Price. seen that happen. Like everybody talks about that. I, I have <laughs> not seen this. In, in reality, I don't happen. see this happening very often. No. no. Um, I've heard some horror stories about things being done with like jeeps and flamethrowers and yeah. and commanders and stuff like that. But for the most part, I have not seen that happen at all in any of my games. I've seen it being used, and I've seen it used pretty well. But I've not seen it really change the game that dramatically. Yeah, I've never had a really like effective instance of it like i haven't really used it myself either like i usually come down to like um if you're close on order dice or whatever it's like yeah i can pull i can use this dice activate my lieutenant i can pull two more of my dice out of the bag and activate these these guys right away but i've never had a moment where like i want to activate these things first and also lose that many dice out of the bag i Maybe it's because I haven't played like kind of those uh, objective games, like where you're trying to steal something kind of later in the game. I could see that being useful, but usually I would rather have a better chance of drawing my dice again than pulling the activation like three in a row or whatever. Like I don't know, I haven't really used it effectively yet. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I could see one of the things I could see, and I and I, and I think this is definitely viable is with particularly the Germans who have always been a low-order dice army as it is. Yeah. Um, if you take, like, say, a veteran SS army or a veteran Grenadier army where you're having a lot of points in squads and maybe you don't have a lot of squads, now all of a sudden you take that first lieutenant, you couple it with the new German special rule, which gets them plus one bonus additional activations with their, with their officer. So now all of a sudden you take that first lieutenant, mm -hmm. you've got three activations within six inches of that guy. You've got a couple of, like, maybe a veteran MMG team and, and then two big squads of grenadiers near him. All of a sudden now, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just laying down a ton of fire yeah, in a very small area. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, the big thing I like is that it gives your lieutenant or whatever officer, like, more um, use. Like It's definitely, yeah. I mean, the little command bonus they would get before, I mean, sure, it would be useful here and there. Like, if you had vet, like, it really wasn't anything to worry about that much. But I just like that it feels like they're commanding something they're doing a little more and there's a reason for them to be on the table it definitely gives you at least a reason to maybe consider taking a captain or a major yeah even then i I still don't know that i ever want to not at the even at the 12 point not at the even at the 1250 point level i don't know that i want to but Mm -hmm. at least it's a reason and i'm sure somebody out there will prove me wrong that it is really really good i just i'm not i have not encountered situations in my games where it's really been Yes, I have to have it. There are a couple of games, like when you tabled me a few weeks back in like three turns, like then it was, okay, well, there's no reason why I shouldn't. I was You were able That's to true. basically continue p- keeping up the heat, and it was really the, 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 the straw that broke my back. But I was really yeah. kind of broken before then. You got the dice and were able to basically eliminate... I think you eliminated two of my. I guess dice I did use base. it really effectively in yeah. that one instance. But that was I was already on the I was already losing the game pretty badly. Yeah. And it was just it was ticking. it was the thing that tipped it over the edge to like complete disaster. It kind of eliminated your chance for whatever a comeback kind of thing. Exactly. So having a pivotal moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. That's exactly what happened. So uh, medics. Mm-hmm. I think they're still worthless. Well, they were they were actually good before, and they got so? better in a way. So now there's their medic save affects all models within For, squads yeah. that are within six. They get six. So if if a squad takes three three casualties due to small arms fire, they get three rolls, not one, mm-hmm. on a six, which is nice. That's better. there's a better chance something might there's happen. Better chance <laughs> because before there's just nothing ever happened. Right. I, I, tried it in a few games and i'm like this never does anything and that's kind of still what i've seen like i've seen them in our uh at least one of my recent games and it still didn't do anything and it took a lot of rolls too but it still didn't do anything i i took one in my the games last saturday Mm -hmm. and she it was not the model was never on the table where i needed it I either like either I played shit. it poorly and I just didn't <laughs> anticipate where I was going to be taking the small arms fire casualties, or really it just was out of position. It never it, it just wasn't that good. It was so that using it for that ability it just didn't help. And I know like I think I I should say I think in armies where like that elite army where you're not a lot of guys on the board maybe you only got like thirty or thirty five guys on the board you're playing those Germans. Maybe there's a you know that that one or two guys you save is a much bigger factor. Yeah. But definitely like an army like my Russians, forget it. I'm just gonna feel more guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other thing with them is that now you can't fire weapons and you can't assault into course, close quarters. So effectively it makes now, Ben's medics even yeah. more. Worthless. <laughs> I don't know how many times yeah. you shot at me with well, your medics in the past. Hey, the Soviets never signed the Geneva Convention, so this rule should not apply to them. Okay. <laughs> Uh, our medics should still be able to assault things, uh, but yeah, it was, there's a lot of things like that that just I just yeah I I found myself looking at the medic model going well okay I guess I'm gonna go down with her I guess I'm gonna go down with her I guess I'm gonna go down with her oh I guess you can take a run order and run over here now it was just a lot of that yeah. and that made it boring like I, I, in, yeah in my game you know, against, I'll just get something shooty in my game against Robert like he was using it well like I. How he was using, I can see it being like more or less like an add-on to protect like this 
unit or something like that. So if you dedicate it to move up with like this unit or like you want it to move with this unit on this part of the table in a given game or whatever, like then it seems like it's actually doing something. But I still think he probably rolled 12 times or something and didn't save a guy the whole time. Yeah. So like on a six, it's pretty unlikely to happen. So I don't know. I could, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan before, and I'm not a fan now. I felt like it hardly did anything before. I still feel like it hardly does anything. I guess the observers, however, have changed quite a bit in effect. So the artillery observer is basically exact, basically the exact same thing he was before. Oh, the forward observers, yeah. Yeah, the forward observers. The only difference with the artillery observer is that when you roll a six. Before it was a it's bunch of you treated now, as yeah. if it was an he as a heavy howitzer hit, which was three d six hits, which is Ouch. just brutally devastating. <laughs> before now, it's just a four inch he, mm-hmm. which just but uh, I mean it's still like that's a huge chunk of table. Yep. But you're definitely it's de- I think it's not the three d six hits like it it's used definitely to be. like I guess we didn't really talk about like the effect of the templates had on the he guns either, but you can see it a lot more in. Uh, the airplane and artillery rules here like I feel like it kind of brought it down a little bit which is all right in my mind like getting hit by even like a medium howitzer before was really rough like 2d6 hits is a lot yeah (laughs) so and now you take like the template can still cover a lot of guys but it's based on like as we were talking about how you set up uh how the units set up but I did notice, like, I had an airplane come in, like, you know, a direct hit, a heavy, heavy plane on an infantry squad against Robert the other day. He had, like, a 13-man Japanese squad or another. Mm-hmm. So I still hit, like, six or seven guys or something like that. But then he went down, and at half that, like, I killed one guy. <laughs> so yeah. it definitely was a big change there compared to, like, when we had rolled 2d6 or something. Like, I did a strafing fire that's still a... It's probably one of the better rolls if you're targeting infantry from the plane yeah, now. Unfortunately, yeah, rolling low is now better. That's for still two d six. And like he decided to stay up, not go down to that, and hope I rolled low. No, I rolled ten hits, and that wiped that squad off the table. So yeah, just the dice roll definitely seemed more effective than the templates. And, and the uh, air observers too. Like the, you get the te- you talk about the templates. Air observers really. How the mechanic for how that works and when things resolve is, I that's think, more clearly, yeah. more clearly documented. And particularly, and this is one that's been talked about a lot, is the effect of flak against error. Um, you can you, probably actually do something. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can actually do something with flak. It's it's you as long as you have draw line of sight to it and you ignore cover of any form, mm-hmm. you get to shoot your flak weapon at it. And if you're on a, like a turntable, you just automatically get it. You have a, you're considered mm-hmm. to have a three three sixty five line of sight. Um, and then uh, you couple that with every hit, you you don't have to roll the wound. You just roll the hit, and as long as you score a five plus, it doesn't care. You don't care about any other mod- modifiers. Yep. You just need a five plus. And if you score three hits, no you chase the plane away. Either you <laughs> shot it out of the sky or it runs away, depending on what you were shooting it with. Like right. Mm-hmm. So definitely makes a big difference, I think, on on air observer usage. Now, I, I don't know a lot of us have adjusted to add a lot more flack in our lists. I know if you've wanted to. I definitely want to. It's one of the things <laughs> we talk about changing lists. It's one of the things I want to add more of in my lists. Yep. 
Like, I feel like it can actually do something now. Like, before it was kind of like a joke whether it would do yeah. something. You needed, like, a quad auto cannon or maybe a well, quad MMG. I, I bought, I bought the quad quad light auto cannon, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Flak Veerling for my Germans, and I put it on the table and I'm like, I need sixes to hit. I barely ever hit. It, it's kind of pointless, right? Yeah. Plus, if Brian really doesn't want to get hit, he brings a play on where it's not in my forward yeah. arc, and then I can't see it. You needed and, five hits there ever in the past. Yeah, it was very hard too. to bring him down. So, that's going to go ahead and cover all of the officers. Let's go ahead and take a break. There's a lot more mechanics for yeah. the warplane stuff. but Yeah, not, I mean, that's pretty much the big gist of it, right? Yeah. Let's go ahead and take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we'll go ahead and get into the unit special rules, equipment special rules, vehicles. and vehicles, and the changes that are with those. Aiming for heaven, serving in hell. Victory is ours, their forces will fall. So the gates of hell, as we make our way to heaven, through the Nazi lights. Primo Victoria, on the 6th of June, on the shores of Hey, yo, folks, we are back. <laughs> so, or we are back, maybe. Yeah, we're back. Okay, so where were we? We were going to talk about... About jump into some unit special rules. Yeah, unit special rules. Just so, what you've all been waiting for. Some of these rules maybe. are rules that appeared in other places. They were in, like, other books... Or you know some of the armies of books they had appeared in, but yeah, uh, this some of so some of these are really not new rules or new in how they work. They're just actually in the book. They're just yeah, they're in the core book. So the first one is bicycles. So that's definitely new um, as far as the book. It's definitely in <laughs> other like it was in all of the armies. I think the Germans had bicycles. The Everybody basically could take bicycles in almost every of the books. And maybe not, not the Americans. Americans. They had everything Silly else. Silly Europeans their yeah. bicycles. Well, what we can say is that the Americans, just like today, don't like riding bicycles because <laughs> we are fat and lazy. Boy, that was full of discriminatory, <laughs> right? But at least, at least I'm, I, I am you know, fat, lazy, American white male, right? Um, so... Uh, yeah, the bicycles basically just allow an infantry squad if they're on a road double their run move. Yay! If they're just once they dismount, they're done for the rest of the game. So it's a, is a for most units it's a one point upgrade or something like that. It's like a to cheap give you a situational version. being able to move faster. Um, and what I find is bicycles for the most part. Eh, I've never seen. I never. Them. I've never seen <laughs> one on the table. I don't know that I want to pay a one point upgrade for that because you take like a squad of ten guys. It's an extra guy. <laughs> And if I have a road in my game, I probably want to use it for my vehicles and not my infantry. So then we move into uh, uh, snipers. Let's go ahead and talk about snipers next. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and tell us about the changes in sniper? All right, yeah, this was... I mean, it still works kind of similar, but it's a more specific change. Like, now the sniper actually has to choose uh, whether they're going to take, like, a scope shot, as it's called, or just, like, a regular fire. So when you do take a scope shot, that's when your sniper benefits actually come in. Um, the range has a minimum range of 12 now and still goes to 36. Um, you still ignore uh, the 
uh, regular penalties as Sniper did before from cover. Um, and I guess it also says he ignored the negative hits from missing an assistant. And you still ignore gun shield. And, of course, it still counts as exceptional damage for your hits all the time. Yep. I think that's maybe worded a little you, more clearly. You miss long range, too. I think it, you, you ignore long range as well uh, with it. Do you? I think so. Oh, it's not listed on the list. Maybe here. I didn't list it on the list. Anyways. I thought it still suffered range. But yeah, I could maybe be wrong. it does. Maybe it does. I don't remember. But uh, I could go find the rule book here. Real quick. Yeah, it's right behind your laptop there. <laughs> but uh yeah it's too far away i can't get to it uh but uh yeah there's b- big changes to sniper what it basically means is sniper is far more consistent at hitting at range um than it was before um but it's not nearly as consistent hitting up close um and i think that weighs in a little bit with being mm-hmm. able to you know the effects of things like uh lieutenant like the command models being more effective or having more of a role um, with the additional, being able to activate additional units with them. So now the snipers are a little more of a threat to that. So it's a nice counter. Um, you also couple it with, you also couple it with the the ability to basically, you're paying a pretty good points value for a sniper. And a lot of people pay him as veterans. Mm-hmm. So now you're paying for a guy that's also capable of, of almost always putting pins on. Unless you're, unless you're Aaron or Brian. Yeah, Brian, because you just get yours killed on the first turn of the Kill, game, every time. or miss four shots in a row, or something like that. I'm gonna say Aaron had the same <laughs> problem. He, I think he hit twice in six turns mm-hmm. against me. Yeah, just the other yeah, on like three uh, up shots. Like every shot was a three plus shot. Yeah, except for usually one. it's at least a three plus. A lot of times a two plus, even with a sniper roll. But I don't know how managed to miss so much. My dude, like in just our games the other day, like. I tried to sniper his sniper, of course I missed, and then he just took mine out, which happens fairly often, I feel like, with my sniper, or it's like another quick shot from anybody else. But also, somehow, yeah, I managed to miss still, so. So, <laughs> staying in theme as well, Calvary had a qu- real slight tweak, so before they just got an extra attack, mm-hmm. now they get Tough Fighter. So, not nearly as devastating. Takes I actually like this a lot. A yeah, Calvary, we're a little over the top. Polish Lancers in particular were over the top, I thought, for what they were effectively able to do. Yes, sure, against infantry, they would be really good, but to be that good, especially with Polish Lancers, like, dudes on horse running, in World War II, (laughs) running out in front of, like, say, an MG-34 is not going to, like, that, uh, that's just suicide, right? But in the game, it wasn't represented very well. The effectiveness of cavalry in the bolt action table. They also got kind of nixed from Recky when we get to it, but. Yeah, Recky definitely plays a factor here. So, um, but Recky is basically its own little thing. Yeah. So, um, the the other thing that kind of comes into play here, as far as the other rules, is then we get a couple of additional rules. You have uh, these did appear in other places. I guess it's not even a couple. It's the only other rule that I have here <laughs> that I played in another place, which is stubborn, which allows a unit to ignore negative modifiers from pins on morale checks. I actually remember seeing this in the new German book. But it's I w- I don't believe it was in there before. Yeah, I don't know where it was. I guess so. It's I think in a f- couple of other special units and yeah. some of the uh, not other very many books. units actually yeah. have it. So so it's something that they thought was going to occur more, so they, or they want to occur more in in army looks army lists and books. So it's now in the core mm-hmm. book, which is nice. The consolidation of the rules. Mm-hmm. 
Tough Fighter, which we've already talked about a bunch, like which is basically, <laughs> yeah, basically all that's different with that is now instead of getting the plus one attack, it's weapons like SMGs and assault rifle gain uh, Tough Fighter, as well as this gets you Tough Fighter, or when you have a unit that has Tough Fighter, and you basically, if you roll a successful hit in close combat, you get to roll, re-roll that dice, but it doesn't continue to explode at that mm-hmm. point. It's just one Yeah, there's at- no stacking of that. And also mm-hmm. taking an SMG and Tough Fighter doesn't really change your combat yep. effectiveness at all. Yep. Um, so then we get into artillery a bit. The big guns. So, yeah, the big guns. So one of the big things right off the bat, real real quick clarification, was that they that now you measure all of your ranges right from the breach of the gun. You don't. It's not from any point mm-hmm. on the model. It's not... Not for anything like that. Just a little just bit of consistency from there. the breach from the gun. So, yeah, Especially when an 88 has like a six inch long barrel or something. Yeah, <laughs> or, or you get some of those off manufacturers because, True. let's face it, Warlord doesn't produce everything. Different scales yeah. and everything could come into effect here. Oh, yeah, yeah. If somebody mm-hmm. plays their 148th millimeter or, or scale gun versus a one versus us playing in 156 with 28 mil. Mm-hmm. Lots of Lots things of chances could go wrong. Go wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. The crew uh, must all now be within two inches of the breach of the gun, so that's new. Mm-hmm. That makes things interesting for some of those huge crew guns. Like some of the yeah, Japanese guns have, have like eight or ten <laughs> crew possible. Like I'm not sure how that. I don't think they were really. Th- I don't think Alessio thought about that um, in those situations. But it'd be really bunched up. Yeah, it'd be like. Eh. It does also say if you're gonna hit a gun with a two inch template, you just hit all the guys essentially too. So <laughs> that's kind of an interesting thing they're all going to be grouped together for sure yeah so then you have uh um the artillery and run orders so i think this was there before but i just included it in my list because i couldn't remember but heavy and super heavy guns with only one crew can never be given a run order basically they can't move at that point where that makes sense i thought heavy logical. guns always needed a tow anyway to move but maybe um, well maybe that's what's different i just can't remember but yeah you can you can move now with a run order like that so um and then platform motor uh mounted which is new and i've seen this show up in some of the in the new german book which is the first book that has been seen rewritten for second edition (laughs) um so weapons actually getting platform mounted in the rules and this is the the gun. The gun may be rotated for free before firing. So instead of having to give an advance order to a gun and suffering the minus one, you can take it. It can just rotate for free, which makes sense. Like most of the turntable guns, particularly the AA guns, were meant to be returned incredibly fast. Yeah. Um. Then gun shield we've already talked about is that they improve protection. So that's nothing really new here, but it's very relevant to artillery. Um, and then, uh, when you're, one of the things too, another clarification on that terrain thing, when you're looking at crews for artillery, you only have to count the crew is what's in cover. The gun itself doesn't matter. It could be sticking out of cover. As long as the crew models are in the, in the cover, that's all it counts. Hides 50% of your 88. (laughs) Just half the 88 has to be in the woods. Does it for artillery, I think. Yeah, it does it for artillery. Let's go ahead and get into vehicles. So vehicles, we get into uh, one of the things that came in is the FAQ from the previous edition is now right in the main rules with the rules for pins on inexperienced and, and regular and, mm-hmm. and veteran vehicles. 
Uh, so this is not a new rule. This is a rule that was there in the previous edition through FAQ. Just added to the book. It's now in the book. Uh, so and if you're not familiar with that rule, it basically means that inexperienced uh, teams, that if they're hit by any kind of heavy weapon, they doesn't matter what it was, they're going to take pins. Mm-hmm. Even if the weapon couldn't hurt them, if it's a regular vehicle... Um, they're going to ignore that pin if it can't hurt the vehicle. If it's no nowhere possible that it could hit, like say it's a plus one weapon and I'm an armor ten vehicle, and I'm taking that regular tiger, <laughs> I you can't hurt me. Sorry, I I'm going to ignore that pin on a four plus, and then veterans, sorry you can't hurt me. That same t- ten up armor taking a plus one pen shot. I don't care, little Soviet AT AT team. I'm going to ignore <laughs> your pin entirely uh, because. Your, your little tink off my metal. I'm used to it. Um, <clears throat> so there's, there's those rules. Um, interpenetration. I think this was in the pre-rules previously, but it's just I got it in my list. It's the fact that you can't move a tank or a vehicle through a vehicle. You can't yeah, move infantry through a vehicle. I think this is relevant because I think in the previous book, you couldn't, with interpenetration, you couldn't move infantry through other infantry units. Through friendly infantry, and now you can. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That is definitely if you have like. I almost thought you could before too, but yeah. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember ever actually doing it, anyways. Hmm. Um, turret jam is new, so if yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and cover this one? So, anytime a vehicle takes a damaging hit, it on a four or better, it can wherever the turret happened to have fired last, it's going to have to stay there for the rest of the game. So. Not that that's huge, because you have to be able to basically survive taking a glancing or pen- or uh, or uh, penetrating hit. Mm-hmm. And chances are, especially on a penetrating hit, a fifty it's a fifty percent chance you're going to die. It depends on the gun. I think I've seen you, it. But I think I've seen this get rolled once now in game, and that was you, and you passed the. Yeah, I rolled it once pick, against yeah. Robert the other day too. Like it does happen, but I I haven't gotten my turret stuck yet, so I don't know. It's an interesting role. Like, I feel like it's more obnoxious. Maybe it's slightly more realistic, I guess. But yeah. Whatever. Like you said, a lot of times you're knocked out anyway if you're actually taking a hit from anything worth it. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the big things I've noticed, or one of the big things, new sections are completely new to the rules, is vehicle crew. Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> so, for the most part, it's absolutely pointless, and you don't need to do this mm-hmm. in your games. You can for fun. If you have the vehicle crew models, you can. Or spare models that you want to call a vehicle crew. But for certain scenarios, this might come into play. I'm not sure what scenarios. And I don't think there's anything in the actual book. <laughs> I don't But think I so. could see some of the, the the theater books or maybe future expansion books to the game maybe starting to incorpor- incorporate that. Must be. Or <laughs> games maybe that here, you're but... right up for yourself. So basically what it means is that if your vehicle gets destroyed, you uh, get to place your crew models... Outside of the tank or the vehicle itself, um, you which are it's D three crew get placed, and then they basically get placed up uh, two d six inches from the tank is basically what they're going to get for the vehicle, and then if at the end of the turn they get to escape, yeah. So basically, they're they're pointless. They can't do anything. They're they're effectively down. They're they're not officially down, but you'd have a chance to maybe waste some of your activations to kill them. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This might be up. relevant for, like, I, I can see this play into a scenario where maybe, you know, the scenario is you have to try to get the kill. You know, Not only do you have to kill that tiger tank, 
but you now have to kill the crew to get the secret blah, blah, blah. Something. So, the secret <laughs> papers that are going to give you the secret plans to the... the the Death Star, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you, you could, you know, you could do things, and they had the, you managed to kill a tiger, but now the the crew escaped and got away with a plan, so you lose a, you lose, you you you're not able to get the the solid win, you just get the good win or whatever. <laughs> um, another big one is transports and how they they uh, work. So there's a couple of change, or there's at least one major change mm-hmm. on on transports that I want to touch touch on and that is the uh vehicle crew that are mounted in a transport now that's big they can take a rally order now while they're in the transport that is huge so now yeah if i take that half armored half track and it's getting shot by small arms and taking pins and i need to like okay well i can take a turn take a rally with that infantry squad as it advances shuck off the pins so when they bail out they have no pins, and they're yeah. ready to go. It makes Which, a lot more sense. Like I don't know. I really like seeing this rule show up, I guess. I think it makes taking half-tracks more valid. They're yeah. still tough Any to swallow kind of for that amount of points, but yeah, yeah, armored transports become... Like, they start serving more of a purpose. It's yeah. now I'm getting my infantry up the field faster, more, more effectively, um, with a, you know, protection. Mm-hmm. Um... The other other quick uh, thing with um, uh, transports is um, if a transport is removed due to pin markers, the unit transport does not take damage. Uh, that's a that's not as big, but I did like I remember I remember playing uh, um, at Adepticon last year, and one of the guys I played against. Now I happened to pin out both his unit aboard and the tra- half track itself, which probably would not happen with the way rally works now. Sure. But certainly, def- or definitely now, because all he could do before with those infantry in the half track was go down. Yep. Well, now he could rally those infantry, and when I would have pinned out the half track, they would have just placed outside the half track as normal vehicle destroyed. But they don't have to take any damage either. Mm-hmm. Um, they just basically bail out as the vehicle drives away, right? Yep. Um. So that, that that definitely changes things, and then definitely for that particular game at Adepticon, that would have been a huge change, and I think they would have put that guy in a position to beat me if that if that rule would have worked that way. Then, uh, uh, officers in HQ aboard transports, none of your special rules other than the bonus officer to for morale applies while the officer is on board the, the vehicle. So you don't get the bonus to units outside of it, just to the vehicle, just the vehicle itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see it on our list, but now transports that are armed with a gun can fire one of those guns yeah, as they're part I... of their activation, too. Like, before you used to have something aboard, like, being transported in order to fire any of the weapons on a transport, so... That's a pretty cool change to see, like especially for something like a half track or something like that. You can drive them up, still provide cover fire while your guys bail out and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it it's like just it makes a lot more sense in my mind. I really like seeing that change. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people had already adopted that change and was and yeah was playing with that, it. That was particularly from the dot, dot net rules, but it, it was a house rule I saw very common. Mm-hmm. It definitely going into things. It makes taking that is particularly the german half track lists it definitely makes taking the half track for the germans much more attractive now i can i can make more of a valid panzer grenadier list it just feels better 
Yeah. Especially since I'm paying almost, not quite, but almost twice the points to get a half track <laughs> over a truck. Over a truck, yeah. Yeah, please let me do stuff with that, it. That couple, coupled with the rally, yeah. Like, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like a half track could be worthwhile between rally and a change like that to the guns. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a huge bonus to taking half tracks now. I think there's still there's still an argument to take a soft skinned yeah. uh, truck, but yeah, it's, if you look at it, points like an armored transport like that is a lot more points than a really cheap truck. So. <laughs> I mean that the 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 half, but it's still like you're also now paying. You're taking that armored transport, but you're also basically buying buying a gun. Like say, yeah, you're buying a gun, and oftentimes an MMG. Which, like, for the Germans is, hey, I'm paying 50 points mm-hmm. for an MMG team, plus I'm getting an armored transport. This is actually really kind of a discount. Yeah, I actually noticed, like, uh, it doesn't happen with many of the vehicles, but my Conflict 47, I don't think the rule applies in that game, but the in the Band of Brothers set, the half-track comes with, like, a tank and a tank gun on it rather than just the regular MMG. So well, that's I, see, actual. I see that being pretty cool because it still has transport capacity, even though it has an anti-tank gun on it. Yeah. So. That, well, that's you could fire weapon that gun all. in the German book, but okay. So, um, towing guns, a uh, little bit of a tweak here as well makes it more believable. So now, when you tow a vehicle, tow a gun, it's placed at the back of the vehicle model where it would be towed, right? And when you jump, dump it off, you place it up to six inches from the place where it was in the back of the vehicle mm-hmm. so it's no longer the no from the uh from the gun model itself not from the when it dismounts so it's not just from the vehicle so you can't just plop the gun six inches from the front of the vehicle and get all like <laughs> that three you know maybe that vehicle's three inches long now you're basically getting an extra you know nine inches of, or three inches of move no it doesn't work that way anymore yeah so it's it's a little tweak, but I think it makes it more realistic, more believable, and and, and intuitive. I, I can't tell you how many games of bolt action where somebody's actually towing a gun that the gun didn't end up being placed at the back of the vehicle <laughs> as they're towing it, just to kind of represent it visually on the table, and then turn around and when they place it, all of a sudden now it's six inches in front of the gun or six inches way <laughs> way way away from where it was originally. Um, yeah, so much much like I like that one. It's it's definitely better. So Brian, why don't you go ahead and talk about Recky? This is a this is probably what the maybe the the biggest rules change for the entire edition. It has I other mean, than yeah. the templates. Yeah, I guess you could consider it that. Um, it is like it's way more reasonable. It's way more in check. Like Recky used to be pretty overpowered and kind of silly before, so now it's kind of like a lot of points are like specifically laid out and as we said like ambush can be used against recce too which is kind of handy but as far as how recce actually works now you specifically you have not taken an action that turn in order to use it and you i guess you can still move forward or backward with it and you have to like move to get out of sight or cover the attacker i guess is where that comes in that is yeah you, you could move forward but your move has to get you out of out of sight or into cover or i think it was also like specific if you can't make it like you have to go like as close as you could to like getting out of cover i'm pretty sure uh yeah but uh, yeah well i think it very specifically says that if you if you or maybe cannot, it was just you had to go straight away from it. I think that's uh, what it was you, if you if you cannot get to cover, you have to move away. Yeah, I guess I remember that now. 
yeah, I guess yeah, <laughs> we have that on our list. I just didn't read far enough. And then obviously still like when you do do it, it takes an order out of the bag and you put it down on it. Yeah. So if it, if it, if it has, uh, if you can't, if it's already taken an order, you therefore can't recce. Yeah. I guess there's also another point that you can't recce if you're towing anything. I don't know. I guess none of the vehicles I know of can actually, that have recce can actually transport anything either. I think either, some of the Germans might be able something to do must. it. <laughs> so a lot of changes. This really, I think from a rules perspective, um, you talked about cavalry before that had the recce, basically mm-hmm. have the recce rule. Um, they now no longer, if they've, if they've activated, like they advanced, too bad, too sad. Yeah. You're not wrecking away from your, from all that small arms fire. We're going to shoot you up and cavalry die on four pluses yeah. and five pluses based on their, uh, their, uh, tra- uh, training level. <laughs> Even a re- regular vehicle, like this just makes a lot more sense. You actually have to like consider whether you're activating or going to plan to make an escape move or something like that. Like, yeah, totally. And you have to actually worry about ambush now too. So yeah, it I, just makes a lot more sense. It was pretty overpowered before. Like you could do, you could shoot or whatever you want, still be effective and then run away and hide yeah, to yeah, anything. And as written, you could just run away as many times as you wanted. Yeah, I guess that too. So all of a sudden you were, you know, wrecky. If you got shot at like three times, you were wrecking like maybe going. 24, 36 <laughs> inches of wrecky yeah. move. Like it's just, yeah, that was bad. It was silly. Um, it was very silly. There was a lot of comments on the competitive scene, yeah. but wrecky gates, a lot of things <laughs> that people were doing to try to tweak wrecky and .net wrecky rules and stuff. Yeah. I think this is a, I think they maybe it very an well overreaction just a touch to wrecky, I think. It seems um, to work, though. But mm. considering how much they kind of downpowered a lot of other stuff, I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I was sad for my Hellcat, but yeah, uh, it's still okay. It's still, like... <laughs> I mean, for the points of what you're paying for, how much? How many points is the Hellcat? Well, even just the, yeah. to add recce to something is usually only like ten points or something yeah, like that. So un- underpointed before, yeah. it's definitely. Um, whereas now, I think it's it's more in line with the way everything else feels. I like that you're either like choosing to be offensive or defensive, essentially with it yeah. too. So you can't be both. <laughs> exactly. Uh, final final rule uh, that I had on my list is the slow load rule. Um, this I think has appeared in another. I think it's been the, another the books other, or something. Somewhere. One of the other books, but it's not was not part of the core rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so the unit may may not be given an order until at least one other dice from the same side mm-hmm. has been drawn out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are nothing but slow load vehicles or slow vehicles but slow load weapons to try pretty hard, then to do that. you have yeah you I don't know how you do that. <laughs> maybe but you're down to maybe one. Maybe down to one <laughs> dice. You, and you draw the slow load vehicle or slow load weapon. I keep saying it's a vehicle. I mean it's it's very possible it could be a weapon, uh, like a huge heavy howitzer or something. You would put the dice back in the bag, draw again, and if you happen to get it the second time, then you could activate it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. Um, your opponent gets to activate. So that's that's slow load. So that was a lot of bolt action rules. I did right? remember one other rule Uh-oh. going through vehicles that we don't have on our list, but that was um, takes away the crazy Jeep spam. Like if you upgrade a vehicle with a gun and it loses its transport capacity, it does now move to the armored car sl- slot of, yeah. the, of a infantry platoon. So That's actually really big. Mm-hmm. That's a big change. Like Usually you saw it most with Jeeps, I think. Mm-hmm. But yep. it kind of brings it back to being more a little more reasonable so you can't spam a cheaper machine gun than a regular machine yeah <laughs> jeeps kuba so. wagons yep all of those yeah, yeah. 
it makes it much harder to spam those. So that's one more thing that's in the Plus now, like, I think for the Americans, you probably will see it because I don't know that they had a lot to compete in the armored car slot. No, there's only two. Uh, but <laughs> like, for three. the Germans, yeah. I don't know that you will ever see Kubelwagens taken. A Kubelwagen doesn't lose its transport, though, it does. does it? Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wrong the other day. Oh. Uh, cheating, cheating. Uh, I didn't because I didn't <laughs> I have know. an armored vehicle. I didn't have an armored car in the yeah, list. So my list fine. was still valid. I'm I just, just didn't. Joking. Uh, as I was talking about modifying a list, I was thinking, oh, I could put in two Kubel wagons, and I thought they still had transport capability, but they do not. <laughs> so then, yeah, now that moves into the armored car slot, and then, I hate to say it, you're playing Germans, there's a lot of stuff to compete for the armored car slot. They have yeah, a lot definitely. of armored cars. So, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of changes to second edition. Quite a few. Like, what do you, I mean, some are bigger than others, but... So what do you think of the changes overall? Is it a good bad i feel like it's a good refinement overall like i'm pleased to see everything they did nothing i'm not sour about a single one of those rules i guess definitely some of them have changed my gameplay but i don't feel bad about any of them yeah same here i i really i I really like the game much better now there's a couple of things i made a comment i think on the on the last episode when i was with robert that i talked about one of the things I've seen more in my second edition games is more of that, okay, I start getting behind, I start losing squads. Once my army starts losing effectiveness, if I'm not doing an equal amount of of kicking in the teeth of my opponent, there is a diminishing rewards kind of level of, okay, now I'm just, I've lost like two or three of my effective units and my opponent hasn't lost any. Well, whoops! Now I'm 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 just going downhill in a hurry. Um, you think I that's feel, based on second edition? I don't know if that's second edition, um, or if that's or if that's something else. I think part of it I think plays in with the fact that units don't have that. You don't have that. You don't have those home run hitters anymore. So howitzers. you know, before I think, well, not just howitzers, but your. Um, for like the close combat home run hitters, oh, true. I think I think before you'd be like, okay, I got hammered down, I got beat down over here, I lost like two of my infantry squads, mm-hmm. but those were kind of like okay, those were squads that had rifles and stuff, like they weren't big things. Sure. I still have this squad with an assault rifle, I, so I still have this squad with a flamethrower, flamethrowers in that, and room. yeah, now it's they're not, there's, it's just not hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I have felt that. In a few of my games, where like if you get down, you like you keep going down. It's really hard to come back. So I don't know. I kind of felt like maybe I did something wrong there, but because I definitely have had a lot of close bolt action games in the past. But I guess more games will tell how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I think the more I thought about it, and I've I've had a little while to think about it now since I made that statement with Robert. I, I think it is the the lack of home run the lack of home runner hitters, and maybe it's just me. I haven't found those home runner hitters sure. yet in my lists but it's definitely that definitely is part of it I it think sounds a like a part. valid reason like i know most of my games recently i've been wanting to place like uh more of the regular like attacker defender um whatever scenarios out of the book like i feel like i haven't played a lot of those yet in second edition so i'm interested to see how those go like if they're changed much at all and that is a big change too because there are more scenarios i didn't i kind of i stopped at all the rules yeah, changes and not into and not into the scenarios so i didn't want to get into the scenarios we'll talk about scenarios on a future show i think yeah and really talk more in detail about the different types of scenarios so there are 12 now scenarios in the it's book doubled so it's doubled and they've split the scenarios into basically pitched battle type scenarios where both sides are, are basically balanced there's 
Uh, I mean, the points are the same on for mm-hmm. all of the scenarios, but the the on the one set of scenarios, it's more. I don't want to say they're tournament or competition orientated, but there's less. There's, it's not where there's no attacker defender. Yeah. So you're you're both maybe achieving trying to achieve the same objectives in the center of the table yeah. or something like that, or it's kill each other or whatever the scenario is. It's something like that. I know, like I've heard in the past, it seemed like people had like a stigma that like maybe like in this that or the other scenario, like attacking or defending was definitely like at a disadvantage or something like that. Like, yeah. I never felt like that, but I know I've heard about it. But. So now there's another set, there's another set of rules which are attacker defender, or for scenarios which you know you can either roll randomly on that which mm-hmm. uh, we've played I think one or two attacker defender scenarios now, uh, but you can also you mean those also are are great scenarios where you might be retheming a certain type of battle or something like that. So now all of a sudden you can use it to re- recreate that kind of experience on the table. So we'll talk more about scenarios. We, we definitely mm-hmm. haven't played through all of them yet. No. Um, and that's something I think we want to try to do is at least get through a lot more of them uh, to, to get a better read and feel on how each one plays. And then also turn around and, and get, um, you know, we want to do that in a separate show. Cause I think talking about scenarios, we could talk an entire show. We're already We've talking. Already this talked one's already <laughs> ridiculously long, uh, compared to our normal shows. All right. So we did want we did kind of at the beginning of the show mention a little bit about how we wanted to talk about how this changed our army. So I mm-hmm. think there are a couple of things we talked about during the show, the earlier when we were talking about the rules that we feel are things that are going to happen in all armies that are going to happen or that are making things more lucrative. Um, the first one uh, we kind of highlighted on was the LMGs and MMG changes. Like we think we really feel strongly that you're going to see a lot more of them. Particular armies like Germans are going to see them very heavily, yeah. much more. Yeah, the German book helped that out too. With the yeah, not that we need to mention another change, but the Germans get their a plus one additional dice for guns that are on vehicles now as well, which yeah. they didn't in the past. But also, I think you. Uh, like we, you talked about it earlier, you're talking about yeah. thing about putting LMGs and LMGs actually yeah, into I got your them Americans. Built, I'm really like, I'm obviously I must feel like it's going to do something better. That's why I'm doing it. But I guess I'm interested to actually see how that works out on the table for me. So then I can definitely make a clear judgment. So yeah, I mean that's something I'm definitely going to give a try. Uh, how do you feel about taking a chi? Um, yeah, I don't know, like. I guess you kind of made it clear to me, but I feel like the tank guns have brought been brought up a little bit in that realm. Like the, the HE seems a little more effective there, um, but at the same time, like the bigger hitters, like howitzers, just don't seem quite as like obliteratingly effective, like auto deleting units when they hit and stuff. And air air ties into that a little bit too. That's it's still been pretty effective in most of my games, but also like I've had some hits that still whiffed now which is something that didn't really seem to happen before so yeah yeah you you hit you hit and yeah. it was just like okay i hit now go take that unit off <laughs> oh hey hit go take that tank off now it's i hit yeah there was a bunch of pins mm-hmm. they weathered it they went down now now the only advantage i've got is i've kept that kind of held close i do want to see some more effective like the tank gun the smaller he i feel like are like doing a little better with the one inch or two inch template range i haven't done it a lot personally like i think i've only taken like one shot with my tank against like a unit of yours and it was kind of inconsequential late in the game or whatever but yeah i know you hit 
you had a light anti-tank gun and it hit one of my squads early in our last battle and I kind of checked myself on that. I was like, well, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> that's I mean, actually like, kind of a threat to my infantry here. So. Yeah, I mean, it hit two guys, which is one, one inch you should do, and I yep. got lucky, and, or I, and I hit one, I hit your NCO as part of it, and I got lucky and rolled a six. And got, like, and, two pins or and whatever. Got, you know, I got two pins, or yeah, I think I got two pins, and I knocked out your NCO. Yeah. So it was, that was a, it was a little bit of a lucky roll, yeah. but yeah, it was... If I would have had a two inch HE, I would have hit Might have got one more guy. One more guy, maybe. But yeah, the difference there wasn't that big a deal. So. I feel like I was feeling it a little bit against the Japanese tank list I played the other day too. That was a lot. Well, of... he had two medium howitzers, I think, in there or something like that on those. Well, there's those tanks. There was light, two light. light ones. Oh, yeah, and a, light and a medium anti tank gun. So yeah. that was quite a bit of HE to take, but. I don't know, maybe it's just because I've run into it more lately, but it definitely seems more worthwhile. Like, before when I was... I quickly took my tank gun off the table because it hardly did anything if it didn't yeah. have a vehicle shot. So now it seems like they can fill a little more of a role there. Well, so. I, mean, I think it did, not only did it not do have, have a vehicle shot, it was just easy for vehicles to avoid that shot. Yeah. Now it's harder for vehicles to avoid yeah, that and, shot. Yeah, and you can get the turn, too. So that's yeah. Gonna, so I think I, that really... I think that, that more than anything made, yeah. up, if, made up for it. The HE... Definitely helps too. What other changes do you feel like? I know, like you are an American player, right? So yeah. they're probably not. A, I look at Americans and I've, I look at the book and I'm like, they I seem just very don't see, one dimensional. They, well, I don't see <laughs> a, a big need for huge changes to American no. lists. Like I think they're still going to play pretty much the same. Yeah, for the most part. Like I kind of said it earlier. Like I really didn't see the need to make any changes from V1 to V2. So. Now, like, that being said, yeah, yeah you, I turn around and do that, ask the same question to me about Germans or Soviets, <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, my lists are, are significantly different, and I've got to paint up a whole bunch of new stuff. <laughs> so right away, um, both lists, both my Germans, while well, I'm doing an early war German, or yeah, Stalingrad, uh, early, early Stalingrad German army right now is what I'm working on. Well, what that means is if I do it properly themed, I can't have Panzerfausts, I can't have Panzerschrecks, I have a lot more LMGs, which is fine because LMGs we've talked about are, are better anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have uh, maybe an additional MMG team, so I'd have two MMGs if I'm doing a theater selector. And then I have a lot more other assets, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, how am I supposed to kill armor? Uh, well, I include a tank, okay, and I include that tank with a medium AT gun on it. That's fine. But what happens if my tank gets knocked out? It's pretty, pretty you know, you go on tank versus tank, it's 50-50, your tank gets taken out, and then, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're driving around with HE tank or whatever, knocking my dudes out, right? So how do I counter that? Well, I, look, I'm like, I started playing with the idea of including an AT gun, and in a couple of our early games, I like I put a pack 40 on the table, which wouldn't be historically accurate but i had a pack 40 sitting here and other than me miss i didn't i forgot about the being able to pivot and shoot rule which would have i would i may still have lost the gun earlier in the game but i would have had another chance at a four plus shot uh i which i didn't take but it was it was definitely much more of a much more of a game where I was felt like I was definitely relevant in this and then yeah like my I had a little uh, against you in that game where I got slacked 
uh, early in that game. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That HE, I, I'm like, oh, well, I'll fire it as HE and shoot at that infantry squad because they didn't have you. There were no vehicles on turn one on the table. I'm like, I'll just take the HE shot. Boom. And I, got, I mean, I was a little bit lucky, but I still picked up mm-hmm. two guys. You didn't like, yeah, it's two inch, it's a one-inch HE. It's not that big a deal. It was still two guys. It was a bunch of pins. All of a sudden, that unit's like, oh, well, I'm in trouble. And now, all of a sudden, we're going to hang back here in the forest. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, AT guns, I feel like, are are much better now. So much better to the point where I think howitzers are never going to be on the table in any of my lists. I want to take AT guns. And honestly, I was fielding medium howitzers in my list. So taking light AT guns, while not ideal if somebody's dropping tigers and stuff in heavier armor on the table, I'm probably going to struggle against taking it off with a light AT gun. I can still pin it, though. And I still have an anti-infantry threat with some HE, so I still have that HE element in there. Um, Another thing that I'm really not certain that fits into my list a whole lot anymore uh, is the uh, idea of mortars. I I have played with it on and off. I think they're (laughs) still in, but I'm not sure just because the 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 HE range difference. The other thing I'm looking at is like with a German mortar, the light mortar, I can't, that one can't fire smoke, smoke, but light mortars can. Um, so it's just a specific German rule. The German light mortar can't, but light mortars can. So I've been thinking about taking, do I start taking light mortars more instead of, uh, medium mortars, uh, in my lists, uh, and play with that. So maybe in my Soviet list, I'll take a light mortar, which I, I don't know if that historically themes out right or not, but, um, definitely would help with some like advancing, be able to put some smoke down on the board and stuff. Said so the LMG thing is bigger. Um, the idea that the concept of taking first lieutenants, something that nobody really <laughs> took in the first edition or in the previous edition, but now I think is almost a mandatory choice. Yeah, I've tried it, but it's been kind of like I haven't seen a great benefit to it lately. Like I was kind of excited for the change, but at the same time, I haven't really reaped any benefits from it. So. I don't know. I might be pulling back from that a little bit on me. Yeah, myself, it's but. it's what an extra twenty five points, which that's two and a half guys, you know, regulars. Yeah. Or if if you're taking something really garbage, it's almost like a full squad of five or ten guys. <laughs> uh, but so there is there is that. I I don't know yet. Um, I always take I've in my in my Soviet list. I'm always taking a first lieutenant, anyways. Like, I was taking one before, because as soon as you play, uh, start playing with a significant amount of inexperienced troops, or even regulars, and you start taking a couple of pins, having that extra pip of leadership, or command, is huge. I've always taken it in that list. I will continue in my Soviets. I don't think that's going to change, but in my Germans, definitely the Germans, I don't know. I'm really torn if I'm going to... Continue taking a second lieutenant combined with the extra, because they'll just basically a second lieutenant basically counts as a first lieutenant for them, except for for well, no, for not basically nothing. You get to activate two squads in command range, right? Um, I don't know how like that six inch bubble around a lieutenant. I'm not sure how often I'm going to do that with a first lieutenant, and I think Germans on points messed enough. It'll take some playing with, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't. I've had a lot of opportunities to use it, but like I was kind of saying earlier, I'm not sure if it's worth pulling the dice out of there to, like, that your move right then is going to be more important than getting moves more later, possibly. I think the big thing that I've I've found myself doing in games right now is with that particular rule, I'm not thinking about it yet. 
I'm looking at the table, thinking about which unit I want to activate next. And then, like, when I get around finally late in the turn, going, oh, well, I'm activating my lieutenant, I'm going, oh, if I would have just, get, I would have got all three <laughs> things that I wanted to have happen, and he wouldn't have been able to react if I would have just activated Yeah. So there's some of that mindset I think I have to get into, too, with, with using that particular. I guess uh, that it might have happened once in my game against Robert, but it was pretty late, and I was kind of turning. It was kind of turned into that downhill slope for him a little bit, but I might have used it to activate a couple things. And, like, I took a squad of, like, that was ten guys. I shot a couple units at it, and now there mm-hmm. was three guys there kind of thing at yeah. point-blank range. So I guess it did work out at least that one time for me. But I don't know if there's there's anything too terribly remarkable otherwise that I'm looking no. at for changes in my list. We did talk about how, like, the combat squads kind of aren't yeah. as overwhelmingly effective as they used to be. Like, some... Some people would make whole lists of, like, we're going to drive these trucks across the table, all have SMGs, and we're going to mess you up right in your face kind of thing. Well, that was right. one of my early things I did yeah. against you, is I'd, oh, hey, well, mm-hmm. bring in the truck, yeah. load them with my Pioneer squad that has a flamethrower and, mm-hmm. and five SMGs, put it in now flank, turn three or four, bring it on, yeah. whichever flank it comes on on, I flamethrower something, if I lose the flamethrower, I flamethrower an SMG something... And then the following turn, I assault something, and then I happily own that side of the board. Again, that's that that whole element of, you know, it doesn't matter what happens in the rest of the table because I still have this in my back pocket. Sure. So even if I'm down three or four dice, I go late in the turn, I bring this on, all of a sudden I knock out a couple of quick dice, and we're back in it. Mm-hmm. And that that reco- being those 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 few tools that you have to recover from being knocked down. They're just not as effective anymore. Yeah, you just don't... Ha- or you don't have them at all. Like yeah. an, the SMGs at Point Blank are still ridiculously brutal. Point right? Blank is much better than going into combat. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like, so. Yeah. Which, I think that there's some historical accuracy with that too, but... It doesn't seem unreasonable. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, I think... I think those units are going to come out of my list. Like my my Soviets, I had the the vet guardsmen with tough fighter because you can put tough fighter on those. Yep. It is plus one point, and yes, it does make them significantly more combat effective. But I honestly like I'm debating like them, and then I have the I have a unit of SMG F infantry that can, you can max you can take them as regular. You can't take vets mm-hmm. as them, which makes sense. Like. From a just from a sheer rules perspective, being able to take sixteen point guys, a whole squad with SMGs in first edition <laughs> would have just been uh, a little OTT, especially if you could take them in like five squads and and take some trucks with them and just drive them across the board, and then couple it where or two squads of them and then three squads of fully armed SMG vet scout squads. Yeah, you, you start to get over mm-hmm. you get a little over the top. I think that squad's going to, the SMG squad, I've really been looking at it. I think the SMG squad's going to go out of the list. My vet guardsmen are going to maybe lose Tough Fighter. I'll put in another unit of vet guardsmen and give them, and give both those vet guardsmen squads LMGs. I think that's going to be more effective in my list and more consistent than having the two combat-kitted squads that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the previous edition, I think that was much better. I I have a, I just feel like that's the way I want to go. I'm not entirely sure. It sounds right, though. So. It feels right, mm-hmm. at least for the games that I've played so far. Yeah. I guess my change is almost like that, too. Like um, Even just one extra MMG in my Rangers, they're pretty small squads of six usually, but they usually held their own in combat pretty well. I spoke of earlier, but... 
now I'm looking at throwing an LMG in with them instead. So yeah, it's kind of the same kind of switch there, and that really is brought on by the second edition change, I guess. Yeah, it feels like it feels like the things that I'm thinking about putting in my list are more about bringing ranged firepower into mm-hmm. the list, making my list more more effective at a distance and less effective up close. Now, I don't know how that affects or how that will affect me against armies that are still good at close up like the Gurkhas, like the uh, Polish Lancer type armies, but I feel like I'm I'm definitely making adjustments to my list that really do account for the changes in Bolt Action 2nd Edition, which is really, I think the game is now rewarding a much more shooty list, a much more ranged list, mm-hmm. which honestly that's... Yes, there were charges of infantry and hand-to-hand, but even in, even in most historical... Uh, encounters of close combat where it was hand-to-hand was occurring, it would be guys running up and then firing their guns at very close range mm-hmm. rather than uh, diving into the trench and trying to bayonet somebody. That that just wasn't necessarily the thing. Like Nobody really wanted to do that. <laughs> it was not uh, towards uh, human nature to be doing that kind of stuff. So, uh, during World War II, I mean, it it did happen. Don't get me wrong, it did happen. But that's why you armed fairly inexperienced squads with things like SMGs. Why? Because it made them a far more effective (laughs) close-range fighter. And if you were doing city fighting, you know, that's that's what you kitted them out with. All right. Any other changes or things that you might throw into your list that that are due to a second edition uh, rule set i don't think so besides uh, my tank gun might show back up i might give that a run if i take my sherman out sometime and then yeah i'm kind of questioning my flamethrower a little bit more and i did kind of have a vet squad in a truck that was made to be kind of like a front line or you know close range um asset there and like i've actually pulled that out in some of my renditions of lists recently so kind of the same changes you were talking about yeah so, I think that pretty much covers our bolt action coverage for I second so. edition, the rules, the differences. The Sorry Folks has been on a really long show, <laughs> and I'm about to make it just a touch longer. We are pretty comprehensive. I think we got pretty much all we the got, changes in our... Without reading of the rule book verbatim, yeah, I think we did a, as good a coverage as anybody's done. To keep, just to make this show just a touch longer, we wanted to go ahead mention Adepticon real quick. Because that dun, dun, is the dun. next high thing on our list of things. Our list. Yeah, well, it's our <laughs> list. Yeah, it's it's both of us. So. I'm actually going. Yeah, so that's that's got me super stoked right there. I'm I'm going with with uh, Brian this year to Adepticon. We're going to do the team tournament. So Wisco's for the win. Yep, Wisco's for the win at the team tournament. Uh, we're gonna play in nationals. That's mm-hmm. gonna be great. So we got all weekend. We basically three days of bolt not, well, you got four days of bolt action. I've got yeah. Actually, I've got four days of bolt action too. Yeah, I, I guess on you're Thursday, doing Thursday. I got the Thursday night battle of curse game. I want to do that again, and then uh, I signed got, up for the track. So I got um, combat patrol on that Thursday night too, which I haven't done before. So yeah, I'm interested well, to see how that goes. So kind of back to our roots of doing small army type type. Play. Yeah, yeah. Um, more of a uh, just kind of get in there and throw it. It probably won't even be a very big tournament. It'll just be 
throw some dice and mm-hmm. have some fun and you'll probably have you'll have, you'll do well so we'll be there the whole weekend this year i'll actually be there thursday friday saturday and sunday i've got a couple of seminars i'm doing on thursdays but it is yeah we're planning we're hot in the planning stage for the mm-hmm. team tournament <laughs> starting to to get a better feel of second Taking edition changes yeah. what are we going to have to paint up or model up differently uh to tweak my lists think i had originally kind of thought i was going to do those stalingrad soviets but i don't think at this point i'm going to complete an army with my other hobby and painting projects i got going on the germans yeah so i'm going to do my soviets again this year but i have Uh like i have new units i have to change i'm going to have more riflemen add i got to build some rifles i got to I'm going to have to build an AT gun. I've got to tweak the list a little bit. Take your tank out of there yet? Um, I don't know. The tank might actually stay in there because I don't know that I'm going to get enough stuff on the table to counteract the 1250 points I need to put on the table to to compete. Um, But yeah, just there's going to be a number of changes to my Soviet list I took last year. I think it's going to make me a little more competitive. And obviously I didn't do poorly last more than year. Winning. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, last year was a fluke. I think, I think this year you're going to have to paint well. And if you're going to win nationals this year, not only are you going to have to paint well, you have to you're going to have two. to win more than two games. Yeah. I think you're going to have to win. You're going to have to probably be in that three to four win bracket. Um, and then, and then paint well as well to, to be able to pull off a Nationals win this year. So I, that's just what I think. I think there's the, the field that looks like, I think it was 46 is I think what they had available tickets before they went on Sounds sale. Um, I would be interested. I haven't checked to see how sold out they are now. Let's go ahead and just take a pause. I know I did check even like a day later, and I almost think at least half the Nationals um, slots were gone. And I think the team might have been sold out already. Or yeah, something. I thought that was going to sell up faster. I'm actually surprised the team sold out as quickly as it did. If it did, it was pretty. Wasn't it only 24 slots or something like that? So it was a little. Well, later, 24 but... teams. That's 48 players. That's true. <laughs> yes. Which I mean, it's Friday, so a lot of team team events tend to be more friendly. Yeah. I remember people talking about that for uh, for uh, bolt action. But yeah, the battle curse game of five. So what there is. That's the the thing I don't like about this is it doesn't tell you like remaining capacity. You'd have no idea what the starting capacity was. Oh yeah. Um, which if I remember right, the U.S. Nationals was forty six. I think to start with, there's twenty four spots left. So make sure you get your tickets. Yeah, I think it was forty six. And or the doubles, there's four capacity remaining. So hmm. if you're gonna look at those double tournament, you better get registered yeah. now. Well, I guess it's remaining capacity for the second day two, so they don't subtract from the day two is forty two. So there must be twenty one is what they twenty one tables for oh, yeah. for nationals is what they've currently got on the allotment. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be a good time. It'll be me, you, Robert. Um, hopefully, some of the guys that went with us last year will return this year, like Sabas from the Rockford area. Uh, will return and and be able to uh, hopefully have a, a bigger Wisconsin crowd and and hopefully we do Wisconsin proud for Wisconsin bolt action. So hopefully uh, it'll be a hard it's it'll be, be a hard long to repeat of bolt action. It'll be a hard to repeat our success last year, but your success. Well, it was Wisconsin success. Yeah, I, I guess mean, the other guys there. like all the guys we play like Sabas from like he he I remember he went undefeated for the weekend. He went four wins and one draw. Yeah. I guess that was, and then Robert did like three wins and two losses or something like that. So we all oh. did really well last year. So we'll see. It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good year. 
I expect probably to go zero and five is my my target. High high hopes. High high hopes. I'm, I, yeah, no expectations. I didn't expect anything last year. I don't expect anything this year. I just want to throw dice, roll some orders, and hopefully play well enough to feel like I had I broke even for the weekend. Yeah, I hope I play my games well too. I mean, I'm not a very big. Um, whatever tournament vet that's for sure so this is my first big bolt action and first big like miniatures con really that i'm playing in yeah. events a bunch of events and yeah, it won't be my that. first adepticon yeah that's gonna be like that i think will more than anything you're gonna really like i think that's gonna be the thing yeah so i don't know i'm excited for it so. yeah so am i so anyways with that with that let's go ahead and make sure that you check out our website at wiscodice.com 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 and you can go ahead and uh let us know what you thought of this show or any show or just interact with the fans at all of our social media websites or whether it's facebook or twitter or on google plus or if you'd like uh because those don't have enough space to write or you want a little more private you can email us at hosts at wiscodice.com and if uh please while you're listening to the show uh on your favorite podcast podcast application whether that's I don't even remember what they are. Stitcher Smart Radio or iTunes or BlackBerry Podcasts or Someday Google Play. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to us on any of those, please make sure that you drop us a review. We'd love to see those. It helps us move up in the rankings or so I've been told and what that's whatever all the other podcasts say, so I'm going to say it too. Uh, <laughs> with that being said and all that good stuff, I think this has been long enough. Peace out. Later. Bok, bok, bok. Bok, 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 bok